if if I'm a soccer player, I'm making a call to uh, say I'd Kolasinac and say, yeah. quit your football job. <laughs> Come work security for me. He's not very good at his football job, so maybe, <laughs> maybe that would work out pretty well. <laughs> you just have to pay him comparable wages, I suppose. Uh, that would be just just give him a knife and you're good. On today's footy corner, Arsenal get the best of Mourinho's Spurs in a North London derby without their captain. Sheffield remains at the hecking bottom of the league after being destroyed by Leicester in their first match post Wilder. Moyes loses at Old Trafford again, Licksteiner makes watches now, and diabetes causes racism. Along with the typical comments, Mount Rushmore, Nonce of the Week, Predictions, and Gambling Corner, next. And we are back on the footy corner. And thank God today I have a co-host, top lad, Brian. Brian, how is everything going for you? Things are going good. I don't know why you're saying thank God your solo episodes are great. So don't don't worry about that. I love them. But I'm 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 happy to be here. It it is nice to rant, but it's even better to have someone on the other end to speak to and, and talk back and and not talk back, but but answer questions. And, you know, I could only rant for so long. So <laughs> so That's fair. I think the last one was more juicy than the one before, but, but mm-hmm. I think that tends to happen when Arsenal doesn't win. And you uh, don't have anything to rant about this week. So <laughs> that's true. So it's great. It, it's going to be great having you on. Actually, I'm going to be positive for once it's banana, yeah. but, but who knew, uh, how's everything going for you outside that St. Patrick's day today? Anything yep. fun over there? Uh, no, not much. Um, just got home and, um, just a, a fair warning to uh, Steve and all the parents out there with young kids. Kids, kids are not easy. It's not easy being a parent. <laughs> Johnny, um, Johnny asked Allison for a banana for part of his dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. Five minutes later, he saw a banana on his plate and screamed, I wanted an apple. And then we said, no, you asked for a banana. And then that led to a 10-minute tantrum in his room and blah, blah, blah. Bottom line is he got an apple and a banana. (laughs) (laughs) Not after uh, quite a long um, tantrum, like I said. Oh, my God. It's just like. That is bananas, I must say. Got to get your shit together, kid. Pun intended. Oh, man. It seems like at every age they have a, a you know phase that you have to kind of mm-hmm. go over. And they it's like they throw something new at you every year. So um, yeah, at least I'm hearing about it, so I'll kind of be ready for it. But I guess you're never. Oh, you won't be ready. ready. <laughs> you're never truly ready uh, for that to occur. No. So there beware, Steve. <laughs> so that's going on there. That's good on that front. So yeah, you, how are you doing there? Spring break, man. I love it. Oh, uh, nice. So, well, because we're on spring break, I'll say this. It's funny because then everyone's like, are you just literally doing nothing? Basically staying home and just jerking off. Well, not quite. <laughs> not quite. It, I'm getting to catch up to all the other things in life. So it's like, it's not like I'm completely off, but I've gotten to take care of some nice things in that. this. So this room that I record in this office, uh, it's also where I record my classes. And so I finish a class. I, I you know, I do notes, like hand notes. I kill a lot of trees. My bad. Shout out trees. Uh, and <laughs> shout out trees. <laughs> hey, there are there are more of them being killed for brackets this, you know, these days than than my killings of them. So, you know, I dump the notes on the ground here and then, you know, I'll get I say oh, I'll get to it later, but I get so busy, I just it's just piles of papers. Yeah. I had old mail that had, had piled up like a lot of the mail I'll, you know, I'll file away. 
because I'll get the same stuff electronically, which I need to probably yeah. just decline getting the yeah. But but I file it in my folder. I had so much. So yesterday all day I did that. On Monday I took care of a lot of wedding stuff. So we'll get a lot of good wedding Thanks. updates soon. Uh, we're going to get a code for the hotel pretty shortly. We, we move real fast on that here in the past couple of days. Can't wait getting, for that. We're getting fast on the invitations and there will be flight information by next week for sure. So nice. we're, we're about to purchase on that. And it was funny that was brought up in the chat today. So, yeah. um, you know, I, it, it's funny because I, there wasn't much, I wasn't on my end able to do a lot and I felt bad. And uh, of course, Caitlin was like, do you not care about this? You didn't know. I was like, no, no, I promise. <laughs> I just literally am so, you know, because when you have two new classes with school and stuff. So I've shown her, I think in the past, what are we now on Wednesday or Tuesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> there you go. Spring break. Yep. I've shown her the past few <laughs> days. This is what I can do. This, if I spend the time I do on my classes with this. So exactly. Good progress. Exciting stuff there. Uh, man, it's been, it's been a solid week. You know, I got, We'll jump into it here in a second. Arsenal beating Tottenham. Yeah. Uh, the selection show, the NCAA tournament, is looks like it's going to happen this year. Uh, and yeah, man, I'm fingers crossed. I'm just excited. Yeah, just happy. Good stuff is on the horizon until yeah. you know the team gets crushed that we root for. But hey, <laughs> enjoy the ride. You just got to enjoy the ride. Yeah. Um, so with that said, should we just jump into the North London Derby? Yeah, strap in, boys. This is going to be a long episode. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I can already Absolutely. tell you, there's a lot of shit to cover. There is, and it's a lot of it's a lot of interesting shit. And starting with this one, it was on Pi Day. Big math guy. Yep, love Pi, love Pi love Day. Pi Day, it's a beautiful thing. So I already had started my day perfectly, and it got even better when Arsenal beat Tottenham two one. Uh, Eric Lamella with one of the wildest goals oh you'll ever God. see, <laughs> like in the 33rd minute. Uh, well, I, we'll start with that one. We'll just talk about that at first. What did you think when you saw that Rabona? That was, well, I didn't even realize it was a Rabona at first. And the announcer was like, was that a Rabona? And yeah. I was like, no way, no way. And then they showed it again. I was like, holy shit, that was an amazing goal. It was, I mean, incredible skill, but also incredible luck to go through two, like nutmeg, one Arsenal guy went by another one. And then um, Leno, I think was wrong footed and he just couldn't get there. But I mean, it just takes so much cheek to even try that. Yeah, it was. I mean, that's like, I think for me, goal of the season in the Premier League, at least. And, and it sucked so bad because I, I, I will admit, I actually did see the Rabona happen. And I said, oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> First of all, we've dominated this game to this point. Mm-hmm. Arsenal had absolutely dominated the game. They hit the post twice, I think, at that point. Yep. And, uh, and <laughs> as soon as he hit that, I go, oh, shit. Not only are they up one nothing, like you said, that might be the goal of the season. I just turned around. I, I couldn't say anything. I was just like, oh, fuck. It was just Kaylin. out of nothing, too. Like, it was against a run of play. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Kaylin was looking They didn't like, deserve it, but... Yeah, she, she was like, what was that? I was like, he he did the Rabona. She's like, wait, what? No way. And then they showed the replay. She's like, oh, man. And she's like, you yeah. could tell she was impressed, but she didn't want to say anything because she saw how angry it was. <laughs> yeah. so, Allison, was <laughs> Allison was like, "Who who's Rabona? Yeah. I was like, no, <laughs> that's not a person. It's not like uh, the Panenka. Right. File that away under the, uh, under the Beaverhampton file. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. You know, he only came on though when son got hurt. Yeah. That was, that was even more wild. (laughs) He came on 16th minute, scored a Rabona on the 33rd and then got sent off in the second, in the 76th minute. Absolutely. So we'll just look at that wild game. It was, he's the first Spurs player to score and be sent off in the, in the same Premier League match since November of 2012. Hmm. Do you have any guesses who that would be? It was, Ar- it was also against Arsenal, this guy. November 2012. That might have been a long time back, but 
against Arsenal, and then I'll give you another hint after. I mean, it's was it like Kyle Walker? Was not Kyle Walker. He used okay. to play for Arsenal. This guy. Oh, um, he's also known to have done a, a celebration running across the field against us. With when he I know, I, I can't. I can't think of it. <laughs> that that would be Emmanuel Adebayor. Adebayor. Yes. Okay. I knew. Okay. Yeah. I should have gotten that. He was the last. Yeah. No arguments on that second yellow, though, right? I think that was a no, no. Guy. I mean, he punched the guy in the face. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, it was bad. And he, you know, he's the type of player. It was funny. I told Caitlin, you know, before that happened, there was a play. There was a, a ball in the box, and he kicked it like David Luiz, like off the ball. Like there was a replay of something happening on one side, and on the like on the complete left hand side of the screen, you see like other players running around. Yeah, and he wasn't even involved in the play. He was just kicking David <laughs> randomly, and I'm like this. This guy is a shithouser. I hate yeah. him. And then when he scored, it got worse. And then when he got sent off, I was just so happy. But yeah. but between them, Arsenal got two. Uh-huh. Odegaard. Deserved. Yes. Odegaard got the, the deserve. And it was funny because of all the chances they had, it had to be one that got deflected and went in. But Tierney completely washed Doherty all match. Yeah. And he did on that play. So that was a pretty good ball. I'll give him the credit for that. Lacazette getting the pen. Now, a lot of controversy on if that was a penalty. What was your thoughts on that one? I, I thought it was a clear penalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree, too. I just, I, I just want to make sure I, I mean, wasn't seeing things out of Arsenal-colored glasses. I had four or five people text me and be like, that is not a penalty. So <laughs> so that, that was where Lacazette, he, he had a touch on the ball, and it, it was going wide of the net. Mm-hmm. But he still gets clattered by Sanchez. Right, and that gets called anywhere else on the pitch. Yeah. So why wouldn't that be a penalty? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see the debate. I, that, that's clear penalty. Okay, good, good. I'm with you there because also I saw that happen last year to us where I think it was Danny Welbeck of all people when he was playing for Watford. He was in and and David Luiz tackled him like he had shot it and then Luiz tackled him and then they gave him yeah. a penalty. I was like, well, that's the rule. You know, you can't – you do it anywhere else on the pitch, they'll call it a foul. So you do it there. Yeah. That's it. Okay, so no debate there. I'm glad that happened. Uh, <laughs> not that that happened, but there's no debate. Uh, did yeah. you happen to catch one more thing I want to ask before we talk about big picture stuff? Harry Kane at one point in the match, and I, he did it twice actually, but the second time was highlighted by TV a lot where he ran into Gabrielle after he had cleared a ball. That looked really, really wild to me. Did you Maybe see I, I, No, I don't think I saw that. Like, no, I don't, I didn't see that. There was one was where Gabrielle, chasing the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you. There's one where Gabrielle, Gabrielle clears the ball and Harry Kane, like, to me, it looked worse than what Lamella did. Like, actually, absolutely, like like a football. Like you see a lineman sack the quarterback after he gets. Rid yeah, of it was I think awesome. I did see that. Yeah, into him. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, there's nothing. I, I saw that after the fact. That was yeah, Harry Kane, fucking mouth breather. He's a he's a shit houser too. <laughs> yeah, he can get fucked. He he did that two times this game, but the TVs caught it that because that one was more egregious than the first time he did it. Both times Gabriel got rid of the ball. And I think that just comes from him being frustrated because yeah. he really didn't get into the match and Tottenham didn't get in the match. They had one shot on goal until after the actually second yellow card. I think Arsenal yeah. dominated this game. And then all of a sudden the red card occurs. Kane scores actually a header that gets called back for offside. They hit yeah. the post. Gabriel makes a goal line save. What, what do you think happened here that got Tottenham going after the red card? Like, what was that all about? I don't know if, if Arsenal just got complacent. They're like, okay, we're, we're up a man, we're up a goal. We can just get, get complacent. They just underestimated how hungry Tottenham were to, to get a goal, to get an equalizer, which you're in the North London Derby. Like, 
you, you can't get complacent like that at all. That that was just bad by Arsenal and and Tottenham. Whew, damn, they were close. So I don't know if that's coaching or if it's the players or, or what, but it was it was scary and I'm sure frustrating for you. But luckily they they came out with the win. Yeah, I was gonna say the team looked very nervous passing the ball. <laughs> as if they looked scared to make a mistake and you know they almost undid how well they played to me they played such a complete match until they went a man up so that was you know it was pretty big yeah yeah i i didn't understand it i I just found a video of the the challenge harry kane's challenge on gabriel oh yeah okay gabriel (laughs) it's it's ridiculous like kane isn't looking at the ball he's looking at gabriel and he just runs into him shoulder first, like his shoulder into Gabriel's head, basically. Like he could have hurt him. What a <laughs> fucking see you oh. next Tuesday. Yeah. That was a scum. Move. Actually I've heard, I even heard. So the, the, the guardian shout out to the guardian podcast. They have a guy that's a Tottenham fan. And he actually even said that was not a good play. Like I'll admit that was bad. So yeah, that's, I that's, that's shit that that was kind of crap. Uh, so let's kind of, you know, pull back. So, so that was the match pretty much in a nutshell, you know, Arsenal dominates for a long time. Tottenham almost equalizes two one. I think it was a deserved win. Yep. Uh, post-match. I do want to talk about this real quick. You know, the whole Gareth Bale, Jose Mourinho saga, Bale get, got pulled out. I believe in the 53rd minute mm-hmm. was early in the second. It was early. Yeah. I recall. And you know, even the announcers were kind of slagging him. They're saying, you know, he's kind of just meandering around. He wasn't doing much. Uh, but Mourinho post-match mentioned even that at some points in the match, he, he thought that some of the big players went hiding. To me, it looked like he's referring to, to Gareth Bale. Um, do you think he's talking about Bale specifically, or do you think pretty much most of the team minus Lucas? Um, probably most of the team, but it, I mean, definitely Bale. I mean, Mourinho doesn't mince words like he, he does his bullshit comments and like news conferences and stuff like there's no way he, he knows what he's doing. He knows everyone's going to think he's talking about bail. So obviously he is talking about bail. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, it seems like a dumb thing to say because bail has been one of the best players for the last month. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Yeah, very interesting. It's a press conference we're used to seeing from him. It was actually only the second time I think he's lost to Arsenal in 19 matches. So, I mean, you got to understand, I guess he's not used to it. So, yeah, in the first half, he said we didn't big players hid. In the second half, he blamed it on uh, Michael Oliver specifically. He's calling him out by his first name. <laughs> it's Jose Mourinho in a nutshell for yeah. you. What it is. But to just kind of wrap this up with these two teams – you know, and you could mention whichever one you want or both here. Where do you think this leaves these two sides going forward? I think they're still both going in the same direction, which is they're both they're still both improving. And with a with a derby match like this, you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look at the Manchester derby from a week ago or last match week. Um, I don't think it's really an indication of of what's happening um, for either of the teams. I think. I think both of them will continue to move up the table past the, past the Aston Villas and the Everton's and um, maybe even West Ham. We'll see, but Arsenal has a lot of work to do for that. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think they're still coming into form and realizing their quality. Um, but on the other hand, I'm just going to go completely against what I just said. Both of them are still in Europa league 
whereas some of the other teams they're competing with for, for spots at the top of the table are, are not. Um, so they have a bit more match uh, fixture congestion to, yeah. to deal with and more rotation that they have to deal with. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know if I think Tottenham will make it to uh, top six, top seven. I'm not sure about Arsenal. Mm-hmm. They should, maybe they'll crash out of Europa league or they'll win Europa league and, and not worry about their league um, standing. So, yeah, I, don't know. I will say this about these teams. I think Tottenham, they're a bit roller coaster ish. You know, they were, they lost five of mm-hmm. six. And then I said that on the podcast and of course things will go the opposite direction. And they won, I think five in a row, including all competitions. Yeah. Something about that sorts, but then people complained, well, maybe the quality wasn't great. And a lot of people saw this, this match as the chance from Marino show. Okay. Against a, you know, decent side, we can, we can attack just like we have the past four or five matches, which I thought they showed some good onus in attacking with Garrett Bale. As we mentioned, there were a couple matches. Deli Ali came in. Lucas Moore has been pretty good as of late. Yep. And I thought again, I thought this was just a step back for them. So we'll see how they, how they, you know, recover. Of course, they have Dinamo Zagreb on uh, Thursday tomorrow. Uh, uh-huh. and I think they'll finish that job off. I think they could yeah. rest players because they have a weekend match. I honestly wouldn't play good. They're good players in this match if I'm them. But uh, Arsenal, on the other hand, I like. I I don't know why. So here's the thing. I don't think there's any chance of them getting top six or whatever. I, and that's not because they're not good enough to win matches down the stretch. I think they're too in too deep of a hole and they yeah. have a couple matches coming up against some good sides, but six of the last eight are against bottom feeding teams. I think the oh, okay. play at the end are you guys and who, I don't know, some other good team, Leicester mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, but outside of that, they have a really good end of the season. I just, all I want to see them do is get momentum. I, I really have, I've noticed the difference in watching them, even from last year when they were getting results, you know, to this year in getting the results. And in between there was that bad stretch, but last year when they were getting results, they were, they had, you know, 40% of the ball, the midfield looked a bit shambolic. I'm telling you, man, since, since that boxing day match, since January with that one week exception where they screwed around with some red cards, (laughs) they have been, I have really enjoyed watching them again. Yeah. And uh, I think they've been, they've been fun to watch maybe more, exciting for a neutral honestly if i were neutral i wouldn't have watched a damn game of theirs you know five six months ago i think they're really boring then but i mm-hmm. i just get excited to watch their matches and i think a lot of it has to do with uh, party being available in the midfield and the addition of martin odegaard i think has done a lot him and smith Rowe, you could play on the you know you play smith Rowe out on the wing you could interchange pepe and even william has looked better lately i think because yeah not so much is expected of him. He just kind of comes in as a sub and, and can zip around. Um, how much, the last thing I'll ask before we move on, how much should Arsenal do from what you've seen of Martin Odegaard? And I know it's going to be hard to get because he's only 22 and Real Madrid should probably do as much as they can to keep him. But what should Arsenal do? How much should they try to buy this player with how he's been playing for them? Well, I thought I saw they were either trying to, or they did extend his loan for another season. I think oh, they're really? just trying. I think they were just trying to. I think uh, I, I think, think they're I saw either headline. attempting that or they're going to try to outright buy him because they really yeah, I mean, like what they've seen. And he, he's he's been a, a up and coming wonder kid for like four or five years now. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't really done much in in La Liga. Mm-hmm. He, he's had some flashes, but I think he was on loan last year to some other La Liga side, Real Sociedad, maybe. Yeah, um, it was. <laughs> but. Um, 
I mean, he, he looks great. He, he seems to, his style of play seems to be perfect for Arsenal um, and what they're trying to do in the Premier League. So, I mean, they should, they should just go all out for him. He's, yeah. he's the Ozil replacement. Yep. I say, if I'm the Arsenal brass, I say that's my number one priority this summer. And I, I mean, I ask them, you know, what's the price? We, we negotiate a bit, but I pay them what they want. And I say, yep. this is our big signing. They've been looking for a creative guy. If you want Jack Grealish, you're going to have to pay a hundred, over a hundred million. And I don't think yeah. Odegaard's going to be a hundred million. And I think he fits the system. He's a guy that you got this trial run with. You see his fit in and, and he looks really happy. He's even talked about on Spanish radio stations saying that he just wants to find his home and, and it's starting to feel like it. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm very excited about how he's played. I'm going to stop the Arsenal love fest here uh, <laughs> and we'll move on to another match. I, oh, I'll be honest. No, you know, no bias. I think that was the best match this weekend. It was, it was yeah. Unless you're a Leicester fan, it was. <laughs> That's true. So we'll move to one that actually had implications on the table to mm-hmm. a decent extent. But again, wasn't too great of a match, I'll be honest. Man United and West Ham, I expected a lot more out of it. And all that resulted from it was an own goal from Craig Dawson in a, in a United win, as I said, 1-0. And, uh, you know, Moyes had his chance for revenge. But to be fair to him, he didn't have Jesse Lingard since he was against his parent club. Mm-hmm. And it really showed to me, and I'll quickly give it a, a recap of this match, I felt like West Ham didn't offer anything. I mean, they were bad. They were really bad in terms of just attack. They were boring until United scored. And then they made some changes, putting Ben Rama in. They put Lanzini in. And I'm sitting here wondering, why wouldn't you play these guys off the get-go? I, I get it's United and you might want to stay back, but United really hasn't, unless the team has had 10 men, scored in, in droves against other teams. So what are they doing? And this was the wild one to me, and Arin would be perfect for this. You know, Mark Noble, <laughs> <laughs> this game – and I'm wondering why they had a triangle of Rice, Suchek, and Noble. You know, they didn't have any really. That's a, that's a very negative. I mean, Declan Rice is, is pretty good. He, mm-hmm. but and and Suchek is great too. But they don't offer a whole lot going forward. Mm-hmm. And Mark Noble is a 50 year old man. He's right. he's not doing much going forward either. So yeah, that, that's kind of a very negative formation and, and negative style of play. Until, like you said, they brought on Lanzini and Ben Rama. Um, I don't know if maybe West Ham just thought Man U would, would kind of pack it in, go for a, a 0-0 draw like they've done in a lot of other big games, or they, they just didn't see the... And, and to be fair, United's only goal came from a freaking own goal. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it wasn't too bad of a strategy. They, they weren't too far off from, from getting a, a draw, but geez... That's not a fun way to, to watch soccer. That's true. And to Football. me, it was just so it, it was so outside of what they've been doing the past month, month and a half, where mm-hmm. even they got even over the footy corner curse. We had Phil Bridges come on and, and talk about them, and they still won matches after he came on. And <laughs> to me, it's just I just didn't understand. I thought, man, you know, you took it all away from us, Moisey. You know, you you didn't there's no there's no fun in that match there until the 62nd minute. But to me, Hey man, that was a little too late. You know, you could have, I just feel like you have to go for it. If you're West Ham this season, I yeah. don't think draws are going to do too much for you at this point. Um, it was just very, it was a very interesting strategy, especially with no fans. Although David Moyes is not good at old Trafford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as a, I should say as a visiting manager, he didn't do great as a home manager. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, <laughs> but as a visiting manager, he has no wins. 
10 losses and four draws. Oof. Old Trafford. Only Harry Redknapp has gone more matches without a win at Old Trafford. Ouch. Um, so I don't know if he was just trying to add to that record, but again, <laughs> I just I just didn't see anything either for United. To me, Bruno looked great. Greenwood looked great. But Rashford, I feel like, spoiled a bunch of chances and left West Ham to get in the game late. Um, and I feel like that's just a common theme I've seen. Rashford does get a lot of goals, but I feel like he spoils a lot of chances as well. Um, yeah. So I don't know what they can do, but it looks like they're missing Pogba. They're missing Cavani, Martial. So, you know, yeah. if you're United, you take the win. You, you go away with it, especially because it keeps you in second. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think this pretty much, in essence, I might be speaking too soon. I might be cursing them, but I think this kind of seals Champions League. I mean, they have nine points up on, on West Ham, about nine games left here or there. I guess teams can come back, but I feel like this kind of seals up Champions League for United. Do they really have much else to play for aside from just keeping that league spot, in your opinion? I No, they're not going to challenge City at all. Mm-hmm. Even if they win their game in hand, they're 11 points back with eight games to play. That's yeah, not achievable, especially since they already – got their three points against city. Yep. And you know, that's the biggest thing when you're trying to catch up is if you play them and you can get three points when they get zero, you can't, I mean, city's going to get at least a point in every other match that they play the rest of the season. So mm-hmm. yeah, they, I don't think they do have much to play for yeah. um, in terms of the league. So yeah. go for Europa league glory, glory or pretty much. I feel up. like that, yeah, you do that, and then you just try to maintain your top th- maybe three because you don't have to qualify for fourth spot. But I thought they moved it so that even fourth spot um, doesn't have to qualify. You might be right, actually. They might have done that recently. You might be right. My team's been out of it so long, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm used to us being in that qualifying round. So I'll, you know, when we eventually get to fourth in 2037, I'll let you know. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. The top four from Spain, England, and Germany and Italy huh. go to the group stage. So sixteen teams from from those four countries. So they decided to make life easier after we stopped getting fourth. I see how it is. Thank yep. you, UEFA, <laughs> or whoever did this. <laughs> Just before we go, speaking of West Ham, it looks like their best shot at this point. I mean, they're only three points out. I get that from Chelsea. But the way I think some of the teams above them are playing, it's not really about how they're playing. I'm basing on how other teams are playing. Is their best shot maybe, you know, getting into Europa? Or do you think they still have that small chance of getting in Champions League? Because they, they their schedule, mm. I, I know their next match is against Arsenal, which I know it's below them in the table, but still pretty solid side from time to time. They're playing Leicester. They still have Chelsea. So um, do you think – Well. Playing Leicester and Chelsea, they they play the two teams above them in the table. Mm-hmm. So anything can happen. I they shouldn't win either of those either of those games, but if they do, then they're in with a shout to to maybe get a Champions League spot. So I you can't count them out yet. So and they don't have any any other competitions going now going on now. Their sole focus is the Premier League and getting top four. So. You are right. I, you can't count them out, I don't think. You're right. The, aside from Leicester, I think they're the only team really around that group, maybe Everton also, that doesn't have to deal with other matches. But you're right. That's true. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, a team they're competing with, Leicester, uh, big win for Leicester. 
in terms of, I mean, not who they're playing. They're playing a pretty shit side. Yeah. But I think getting to that 56th point, winning again, 5-0. Ayanacho had a hat trick. Ayosi Perez a goal. You throw in an Ampatua own goal. And it was basically Leicester domination from beginning to end. We'll get into the Sheffield side of things here in a second. But Kalichi Ayanacho, hat trick here. He scored goals in three straight matches. Are we seeing him? Is this a flash in the pan? Or are we possibly seeing him grow into that striker role that Jamie Vardy had as maybe Vardy starts to, you know, fade and age and, and, and maybe in play as he hasn't scored too many lately. He was active in this game, but didn't get on the score sheet. Based on, on past performances and, and history, I think it's a flash in the pan. Mm-hmm. I think Iannaccio had a couple good, he had a good run of games at Man City there three or four years ago and he was like the hot new shit and yep. and then then he left to Leicester and he's been quiet the last two seasons hasn't done shit so I mean unless he can keep it up for the rest of the season you need to see uh, yeah I need to see more it's three games great who have you played that's true that is true <laughs> a game against Sheffield who had a new coach which I'll get to in a second uh, did we overplay the late season demise of Leicester possibly because now since we did talk about it, they've gone on a bit of a winning run here. I know there's still time for them to collapse, but they've taken seven of their last nine points, but those were against Burnley, Brighton, Sheffield. So that's why I ask is, is the late season demise? Is it possibly still on or did we overplay that? Um. No, I, th- I think, well, they have a tough schedule, so. They do. They do. Um, <laughs> oh boy. West Ham. They play, yeah. United, Chelsea, Tottenham. The last three games. Just look yep. at the last three games. It's United, Chelsea, Tottenham. That's nice. At Southampton, well, <laughs> last year, or last season, they won, I think, 9-0 at Southampton. So True. True. maybe that'll that's not too bad. But, <laughs> but yeah. And, <laughs> that's not easy. Right. <laughs> If I had to put money on it, which I definitely wouldn't put money on it, I would say they would collapse again. I, okay. I don't think they're going to – they might hold on to fourth. Right. But even then, oof, with this I, – I didn't realize how brutal their schedule was. It is not fun. You know, I will say this, 538 still has their chances at 70% of making the Champions League. So, um, but they're good, – They're good enough to. I, I'll give them that. I, mm-hmm. But – um, based on last year, what happened last year to him? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I hope they do. I like last year, so I I hope they stay up. Yeah, I I agree. I stay up. Uh, you know, not obviously not relegated. Stay up, but Champions League. I think it would be fun to see them there. We'll see what uh, what it would be interesting to see what they do this summer. I feel like they're a team that's made some good moves. Always, um, they did beat a Sheffield team though that had a new manager, uh, mm-hmm. Paul Heckingbottom. Um, which is like the most British name you could ever think of. <laughs> Before we eulogize uh, <laughs> boy Wilder here real quick, this uh, I will say this about hecking bottom. I mean, it's a tough situation. You come in, you're, you're, you know, managing one of the worst teams, but Sheffield never lost by more than three goals under Chris Wilder. <laughs> the uh-huh. first game that this lad comes in, they lose five nil. And this was their worst loss since September of 2008, six nil against Arsenal. Uh, it, worst loss in the Premier League. 
that was actually in all competitions. Premier League. Oh, okay. Wasn't even four. If you go back, it was a five nothing. I don't remember who that was against, but yeah, yeah. Because I was going to say they haven't been in the Premier League Correct. much recently, but that yeah. is true. That was in all competitions, but even before okay. that, yeah. I mean, it's been a long time. Did they, <clears throat> my question for you is because here here's the Chris Wilder kind of resume or a quick little note I want to say he joined Sheffield United in May of 2016 and only Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp have won more league games across the top four leagues in the or the top four tiers I should say of English soccer since that time they this is a team that kept going up the ranks right Mm -hmm. They, they moved up didn't they move up from league one to championship and then championship to premier league in this time that he was there I believe they did and they played really well, I think, until they lost fans. So do you think he got rid of him too early and that he didn't get his chance considering that's a team that performed better under certain circumstances? And I know you don't have time because they get if you get relegated, you're, you're back down. But who's to say he wasn't the best option to bring him right back up? They can always bring him back if they want to. But, <laughs> but I know you think better things. The, it seems like Premier League clubs and – probably uh, championship clubs too. They have short memories. <laughs> Managers get fired real quick. If you, if you can't maintain success, I mean, Sheffield have been so bad. They, they had to, they had to fire him. Mm-hmm. There's no point. I mean, they're, they're doing the worst they've done since he was hired. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think it was the right move. Maybe even it was a little bit too late because the season's already crap. So maybe they should have kept him on to finish the season out and then fired him. Mm-hmm. But but you always hope for that new manager bounce. Maybe get a couple of cheap points with the new manager bounce um, and, and maybe get a Hail Mary miracle to, to stay up. But it's really too late for them. So they're getting relegated regardless. So, yeah, I don't know. It, is that's that's just what happens when teams are doing this bad yeah that's that's what got me like and you mentioned it they got rid of him too late so in my opinion if you're going to keep him on this long i i just don't understand this move because you you know they're getting relegated we all knew they were getting relegated in december or november even i mean they had a couple good games where they came back and i'm just thinking here at this point you stuck through him this long stick through through the season and i honestly would have when the fans come back, I would have given him a go at the beginning of the championship in hopes that he brings them back up. Because I think this is one of those situations where if you look in three years, Chris Wilder will be in a better situation than Sheffield United. I have a bad feeling Sheffield. I, I would have thought if they went down, they have a good shot at coming up because of the manager he is. Uh-huh. I think that when, I think when they go down, we're not going to see them for a little bit unless they hit, like you said, unless they really hit with their manager. It's possible yeah. they do. Um, there are some managers that are really good at bringing teams up and we'll see, but I think Chris, that is my hot take. Chris Wilder will be in a better spot <laughs> in three years. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I think the Keel even made a cheeky comment on Twitter about next Tottenham manager. <laughs> <Chris> <laughs> so that was pretty banana. Oh. <laughs> Last thing I want to do before we move on is goal songs. When teams score a lot of goals, we hear the songs. So have you ever heard, have you ever heard their goal song? Did you hear? I don't, I don't know this song. No, it's, um, it's called, wait, this girl by cooking on three burners, cooking on three. What a dumb name versus cooking on three burners. So 
hopefully it'll it'll play through it'll be kind of loud we'll see but i got i got a bit, bit of it for you those that are liverpool fans it's the genie wijnaldum song and i have it queued up to the main part this was just blurring the whole time during the game because lester just kept scoring oh no it went back to zero. Oh, <laughs> i had it queued up and youtube has has done it to me again it made a meal i was of so it. excited i hit play and now i'm waiting for an ad to finish playing so i can awesome. do it again <laughs> But I will tell you, it's a really good song. You haven't heard the Genie Wilde song? Here we go. No. Oh, that Genie. Okay. All right. There we go with that. <laughs> I'm going to take it off before I get a copyright. I gotcha. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> but that, I w- that's, a, that's a weak goal song, I'll say. Yeah. Nothing that's like that. kind of shit. No. Right. Well. Twist and shout, West Ham. Also dumb. We sh- we should do we should do a, a a Mount Rushmore of goal songs. I don't want to do that because Tottenham's is the best. <laughs> it's true. We we would we play chicken and see who takes them last. I know. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone doesn't take them, oh my! I, God. I hate that Tottenham use that because I love that song. I know, and I always thought it'd be a really good goal song. I've got good goal songs in my head too, but maybe that's for another day. Um, Let's go ahead and move on to another team that had a big win. Manchester City beats Fulham 3-0. Uh, again, John Stones is becoming a top goal scorer for them. Uh, Stones yeah. <laughs> and the two forwards, Jesus and Aguero, getting in on a penalty. So it was a 3-0 win. Catch this one. Manchester City has won their last seven meetings against Fulham. Ready for this? With a 21-0 aggregate. <laughs> so... I mean, had we known it was 18-0 and 6, surely we all would have predicted 3-0 Man City for this one. I know. It was it <laughs> has every match been 3-0? I you know, I should I didn't look that <laughs> I doubt far, it, but but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure there was a 5 or 6-0 drubbing in there somewhere. Yeah. But the thing that stood out to me in this match is the bench that that uh Manchester City just put out for this match and it made me think that their bench would have beaten what like over half the Premier League teams. Let me let me go ahead and, and name you their uh, their bench. Their bench for this match: Kevin De Bruyne, Fernandinho, Phil Foden, Eric Garcia, eh, Ilkay Gundogan, Riyad Mahrez, Zach Steffen. Shout out USA. Yeah, uh, Kyle Walker and Zinchenko. Jesus, Alexandros Zinchenko. So that's insane. I will say real quick though, I did predict Man City three 0 Nice. There you go. So you oh. knew the fact you were just withholding it. From I didn't know the fact. I just <laughs> guessed right. I mean, it looked like, I guess they're withholding their team for champions. Like, I don't know what, I mean, that's insane that they could still roll out the team they rolled out. I don't know why they, I mean, they, I don't think they were holding out their team for champions league either though. <laughs> that's true. They were already up. Um, what were they up? They were already up two nil, two away goals on, Mönchengladbach. Yeah, that's the German so, team I couldn't get last time. <laughs> yeah, not exactly easy to say. So I don't, no. I don't blame you. So yeah, there's nothing to arrest them for, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just it, to me, it's too easy for them. I'll say if there's any criticism, because there isn't much to talk about. They won three nothing. It was what it was. Yeah. If there's any criticism, I thought it took them a little time to get going. It looked like it took them about half hour to grow into this match. They kind of woke up like I thought. Fulham had two, three chances to maybe nick a goal. And we saw the match against United 35 seconds. Uh 
So is that the best chance that opponents have? And, and if you're a Champions League team, do you say, just run your asses off the first 15 minutes before they've woken up? You just you just pressure them, attack them, and score, then sit back. You know, because is that is that yeah. the only way to get them these days? I don't know. <laughs> no, a soccer match is 90 minutes, not 30 minutes. So <laughs> even if you get them in the first 30 minutes – you're holding on for dear life for the next 16 city is so damn good that unless your defense is, um, you guys can do it next. Well, yeah, I was going to, I was going to try to be humble and not mention Chelsea's defense, but <clears throat> not many defenses can, can hold city. Um, United did it. Keep them out. Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how that happened. That, that, that's a, a derby match that can't be explained. <laughs> That's true. I will say Fulham did look like disaster classes on the last two goals. So, so, you know, really one of them was, was really good. The last two, uh, I felt like just complete giveaways, uh, breakdowns now minus that. So if you take those out, I'm not saying that you could do that with every team. Cause then, yeah, you'd say, well, we would have lost one, nothing would have. Yeah. But Fulham didn't look awful. You know, like, like when you see nothing yeah. or feel five, nothing, Generally, the team will look awful. My question to you is this. This Fulham team, I just want to ask about their chances of staying up. What, I guess, what percentage would you put at? Do you think it's more than 50% that they stay up at this point, the way they've been playing? I don't, I don't think it's more than 50%, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's zero. Mm-hmm. They, like you said, they have been playing pretty well. Um, so... And their schedule isn't awful. They, the problem for them is they don't play any – there's no relegation six-pointers. Maybe the, the Newcastle game, I guess, is a relegation six-pointer for them. It would be huge. But, but they, everyone they play is above them in the table by, by quite, a, quite a bit, except for Newcastle on the last day of the season. So their schedule isn't great. Uh-huh. Um, so <sighs> – Maybe I'll change my mind and say, yes, it, their relegation chance is above 50%. Okay. To get so out yes. of them? Oh, uh, no, it's less than, sorry, less than 50% chance of staying up. Okay. Yeah. I, to me, it's going to be close. I mean, if you look at even 538, it has Fulham as a 41% chance of getting relegated and Newcastle is uh, oh. 4%. So those two are the... You know, and then it's Brighton six percent, Burnley five. I don't think those teams. No, Brighton's there, but Brighton to me just plays too well. It's really going to be between Newcastle and Fulham, and if it comes down to last week, that, that would, yeah, great match. That'll be a great match. I don't know if we've had a, a huge relegation like last day. That's true. The, the last day of the season has been pretty tame. The last couple years, unfortunately. Well, hopefully this year it offers different, you know, it'd be nice. I mean, obviously not for fans of those teams, but yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, three teams playing on the last day to stay up one of them, you know, two stay up one goes down. So mm-hmm. we'll have to see what happens. That'll be fun. That'll be ooh, great fun. If that yeah. um, so let's, let's move on, I guess, to uh, a team that needed to get back on track. Got to one, nothing. Yeah. Liverpool won Wolves nil. Diego Jota coming back to his old stomping grounds, scoring uh, in a 45 plus two minute. Didn't have a big celebration, very respectful. Yep. Um, and so I will say, I feel like we saw a semblance of the old Liverpool. They had more attacking, 
Uh, Mane should have scored in the 13th minute off a Wijnaldum pass, but then he fluffed his line going around the keeper. Uh, but in general, outside of that and a few other really close chances that they they almost scored on or just missed the net, um, what do you think the key was in them maybe looking like them old selves again? Is that is it down to how they played? Is it their opposition? What do you think it was in this case? I, I think it was the fact that they weren't playing at Anfield. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they can't win at home. They can't win a league game game at home. That's a very um, But Yeah, I mean they're they're good. I don't know. It, it seems like it seems like they're a team that has the yips, you know, like in baseball, a, a pitcher or a first baseman or second baseman who had the yips and they can't throw the ball to first base or something. Mm-hmm. And Liverpool, for some reason, they just they're in their own head and can't win at home. They, there's no there's no denying how talented they are. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had some injury problems, obviously, that we've talked about ad nauseum. But they're still really damn good. They shouldn't be where they are on the table, but the fact is they are. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe this this and the champions league win will give them confidence and i don't know how their schedule looks down the the stretch but um i don't they're, they're just too good to to not challenge for champions league at this point yeah and and they've kind of somewhat put themselves back into it i mean they still have a way to go five points on a team like chelsea who's playing really well and then you look at leicester's 10 so it might kind of be out of it, but I guess still getting Europa is important or they could go on to win champions league. They're still in yeah. that competition. And um, I think just getting that form back is, is important. Uh, you know, I attribute a lot of this to being able to play Fabinho in that midfield role. I don't know when the last time was he didn't play defense. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I think that really opened up a lot and you saw that fullbacks stay within their lane, I guess, in a, in a sense, in that they weren't turning it over a thousand times again, a game like Alexander Arnold has. You were seeing Robertson play some good balls. And I thought it really allowed them to feel a little more safe, even though they had that back line of what I believe it was what Kabak and Phillips, but mm-hmm. I thought they were able to play a little more free. Uh, and, and we'll see how, how that'll, you know, how that'll be going forward. If Fabinho's playing at the base of that midfield, uh, I think it could be key for a uh, turnaround in terms of good results. Uh, Champions League will be important. I guess the draw for that will be really important. Is yep. that is that coming up Friday? Friday, Friday, yeah, Friday. That'll be interesting. Talk about that on the next show. There was a scary moment. Roy Patricio was hit in the head by his own teammate running back. Uh, he was diving to make a stop, and Connor Cody's knee hit him in the head in the 86th minute. There was a 13 minute delay. And that plus other stoppage time made the match end at 108 minutes. Um, after what Wolves went through earlier in this year, it is good to hear that he is okay. He was kind yeah. of remembered what happened. Uh, to, um, yeah, that was wild. Jimenez. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I did not see what happened to Patricio, but I saw on Twitter, everyone was saying, you know, thoughts with, with Patricio. And then I finally saw the update that, um, that he was okay, which was good. I did not watch a highlight because I do not like watching that shit. Yeah, I wouldn't blame I, you. Yeah, I, 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 I cannot watch that done. shit. <laughs> I saw it once because it was in the match highlights, and then I was like, yeah. nope, because I don't even, you know, when they even show repeatedly some of these plays and you know it's not going to look good. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think the, the original curiosity was what happened. Like, I didn't see it happen in real live action because you kind of miss yeah. it. 
then you see that replay like oh shit so um yeah that was rough and it just comes right after there were pictures which is wild of uh of raul in training yeah you know yeah he's got the scar but hey uh i just hope he's okay if he's gonna play that that worries me a bit but it's good to see him you know in good spirits and it's good to see that this didn't turn into that because that was Scary. One, one. I hope he's okay. Mm-hmm. Two, I hope he wears a helmet like better check. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Hey. I mean, no one's gonna blame you. Like yeah. Exactly. I mean, one of the best goalkeepers of all time wore a helmet. So absolutely. And then he went on to play hockey and did well there. Wore a helmet in that one too. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, the last one I want to get really in depth with this week because it involves your boys. It was Leeds nil, <laughs> Chelsea nil. Uh, it, there wasn't too, I mean, so at the, I feel like at the beginning, there was a lot of ball hitting the crossbar. Um, but initially I was looking at the lineups and I saw that Kai Havertz was up front. So what was your initial reaction when you saw that lineup come out and there was no natural striker up in the middle? It, it wasn't too surprising because I've read some stuff in the past couple of weeks about how that, that is a position Havertz can play mm-hmm. and, and he can succeed really well in that. Like, I mean, he's played striker i don't know if he played there too much in the bundesliga he mostly played cam and i think right wing mm-hmm. um but from everything i've read is that he's so damn good and so naturally talented that he can play up there and and they wanted to to give him a chance up there to see what would happen and unfortunately i didn't watch the game i was driving somewhere um mm-hmm. so i didn't get to see it but i i watched the highlights and it looked like he he had a good presence up there. He was unlucky on a well, unlucky slash should have done better on a couple chances. There was one where he was he was one on one with the keeper, um, defender closing down on him pretty quick, and he had to shoot. But he shot it like right at the keeper, tried to go high, and he just had acres of space uh, far post that I wish he would have. He could have just curled it in. Um, but I mean, that's getting into little weeds a little bit, but. That that's kind of indicative of all of Chelsea's attacking forces right now. Is just they should have done better. It's mm-hmm. basically all you can say about pretty much everyone. Yeah. So I I would be a lot more down on Chelsea if we didn't just beat Atletico Madrid two nil today and advance. So I'm pretty happy overall with Chelsea. Um, but fucking uh, Edward Mendy is the best goalkeeper in the premier league this year. <laughs> and you cannot change my mind much better than Kepler. Yeah. He is fantastic. He has had more clean sheets this year than goals conceded. Yeah. That's incredible. It is. It really is. Yeah. And that's why it's, I, you know, shout out Chelsea for helping get, win me some money today. I put yeah. them to advance, man. Smart move. Yeah. That, that was a good bet. I, and I, I'm just a pessimistic fan of all my teams. So I, I I'm always nervous about going into any game. But Chelsea's defense is really good, and it starts with with Mendy. He made some great saves against Leeds, some great reaction saves that were just kind of out of the blue, and Leeds should have scored, but they didn't because of Mendy. So um, Chelsea's defense is just overall great, and it's it's just a, a, a blip. I think they'll continue to do well. They'll, they'll win some more games, and I, they just – I feel like a broken record saying they just need to find their attacking boots. They need to find the back of the net and, and start scoring. So, 
Yeah, I mean, you've seen you've seen the chances materialize somewhat. It's just it's just not going in right now. Uh, but yeah, under under Tuchel, they're now unbeaten after today. After the win over Atletico today, unbeaten in thirteen, and that's the new Chelsea <laughs> record there. Yep. Um, he took the record from Luis Felipe Scolari, who had twelve. Uh, you know, so you're feeling good about Chelsea. Now we'll move to something you might not be feeling as well about that that Werner bet. We're for sure drinking Malord, aren't we? Yeah, we are. <laughs> yep. So you'll have to. I don't know. I mean, we'll have to get together at some point, maybe. We could do it during bachelor party scenes. <laughs> I mean, that might be a long time from now, but we'll get but together. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll, we'll definitely get together before then. Um, yeah, but no, it didn't. Uh, well, well, Steve has to do it with us too, didn't he? Join in too. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. maybe I'll take a day trip up to Chicago after we get vaccinated or something. Absolutely. We'll find a way to if get Allison, That's me. We'll do our Malort shots. Maybe for like a, a big event there, maybe for like a, a day of Euro matches. Yeah, that would be great. Cause the Euros are happening still as of now. Uh, I do want to point this out cause it did occur on, uh, you, you did mention you don't mind doing the Malort shot. I want to, I wanted to bring this to everyone. Well, I do mind it, but you don't mind it. If all- they finish top four. Oh, yes, yes. Right. You mentioned that a few days ago uh, on Twitter. Also, <laughs> there's a brief, a brief uh, small spat, I guess. Uh, in which <laughs> We patched things up. Me and Jeff patched things up. You did. I just wanted to share what Jeff said. Jeff said that Hakim Ziyech plays like somebody was downloading Mahrez and <laughs> stopped at 30%. He did score today. Yeah, he did. He did score today. Um, but you made some good points in that. I think the main thing that you mentioned that I thought was very important for people to realize that it, he hasn't had a full season in the Prem. He's been doing injuries. Yeah. And speaking of Riyad Mahrez, as you said, I mean, really until last year, maybe even this year, he really wasn't doing too much for them. Yeah, he, he wasn't he wasn't City's like starting right mid, right winger. Correct. Ever since he signed until like, – I mean, he still kind of isn't. Mm-hmm. There, uh, he – I mean – there's there's a kernel of truth to that tweet that Jeff sent, just based on Ziyech's performance so far this season. But like like you said, and like I said on Twitter, I think he hasn't had a full season. Right. Um, I don't know. I, it just triggered me that morning for some reason, and I, get, I got a little salty. But good banter, we, uh, good banter. Y'all talked about living living in places. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. Nikhil did say that Ohio has its good spots. He was with you there. He, he enjoyed his time. I, I mean, shout out Nikhil for uh, bashing on Evansville as well. One of the worst cities in the world. <laughs> oh, we got to We got to take when Jeff, if whenever Jeff comes to the U S we're going to take him to Evansville. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, I thought we want him to like the U S that's maybe, maybe we'll see how he's talking. <laughs> <it comes>. uh, <laughs> I, I will also say, um, I think that's really it for this match. Do you have any? Yeah, there's there's not a whole lot to talk about then. It was pretty boring. There we'll were a couple. Skim over the rest. There wasn't too much that went on. Everton, Burnley, wild result there. Everton won, Burnley two. Uh, Wooden McNeil scoring some really nice goals. I thought Yes. Especially, especially good. Nice curler in, in the upper 90 there. Um, Calvert-Lewin got one back for Everton. Um, but, you know, to me, this is not good enough for Everton. If they want to be in the top four, they can't be having results like this at home against Burnley. So my question to you here is, does this really, you know, cause a big hit on Everton's hopes of getting into Champions League, maybe even getting a European spot? Because this kind of effort is awful. Yeah, they're, I think they're going to struggle for a European spot for Europa League. 
mm-hmm. with with who's behind them and who's who's surrounding them. Yeah, um, yeah, it's huge. Um, injury to Pickford definitely isn't ideal. I'm not sure. I didn't see how serious it was. If it's if it's going to be long term. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean. He he did give up two goals, but like you said, those two goals were were kind of worldies. They were um, especially McNeil's, like you said. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Pickford was at fault for Wood's goal either. Mm-hmm. So and, and and to be fair, Pickford has been pretty damn good this year. Right. But um so th- so that's definitely not good. I'm not I don't know if you know how long Pitchford, Pickford's gonna be out, but I, I haven't heard, but to me, what what was more concerning was there was uh, the form of Everton at the beginning of this match. I think Burnley hit a post. They had a handball shout that Steve mentioned. I don't know what handball is. I'm going to stay away from that debate because we all know how to play <laughs> handball rule. Uh, and, and I really think, man, I mean, Burnley could have been up four nothing at the beginning, and they really blitzed Everton. And, and going to five thirty eight projections, you ready to hear this one? Uh-huh. Obviously, they're not the end all be all, but they put Everton's chances of champions league at two percent uh-huh which is below arsenal's four percent and, and you know that's wild considering where everton is in the table so they're not projected to do very well um and to me i think there may be in some some deep trouble so i just did want to mention that very briefly um anything else you want to add uh, about everton or, or even i guess burnley to an extent yeah um just an insight into uh, recording right now. I've taken the computer into the bathroom and I'm going to try to piss while Afton's talking and I'll, I'll be on mute <laughs> just because I've had three beers already and I'm about to drink my fourth. So I need to make some room. This will be the first thing that happens. Be the first. So what I'll do is I'll go ahead and, and round. So there's not. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say real quick, Burnley is just a, it, it must be so frustrating to be a Burnley fan because they can, they can pull out a result like this where they, win two two to one they could have won by much more but they're still just a shit team and i don't understand it yeah so oh and real quick just it made me think of this for some reason i must have been watching a burnley game a couple weeks ago and and johnny was watching maybe it was even burnley liverpool or something but if you ask johnny what his favorite soccer teams are now of course he's going to say chelsea He's a big uh-huh. Chelsea fan, but his other two fa- favorite teams are Liverpool and Burnley. And <laughs> I did hear him do the video where he said he likes Liverpool. Yeah. I have no idea why. Like if I say Chelsea's <laughs> not on, um, he's like, I want to watch soccer. Can we watch Chelsea? Oh, Chelsea's not playing right now. Oh, okay. Burnley is on. <laughs> what? That's amazing. Why are, you, why are you a Burnley fan? That is amazing. It's yeah. so random and so weird and I don't understand it. And, now I'll let you uh, wrap up the, the last three matches while I take a piss. I, I do remember that was an amazing video when that happened. So, so random and weird, but if, if he likes, if he likes soccer and he likes these teams, I, I'm all for it. So we need to have him on to explain. <laughs> one, one, maybe, one maybe, maybe next season. Yeah. Yeah. We'll record earlier and let him come talk for a little bit. Um, and of course you cover his ears for the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. so, so I'll let you go ahead and, and take care of that. I, I will talk about a couple other things that occurred. Sean Deitch uh, on, a, on a lighter note did dedicate the win to his uh, late brother-in-law Um I guess after his team beat Everton to one at Goodison, he said, I, I don't very often mention these things, but my wife had to bury, bury her brother and he was only 47 on Wednesday. So that was a tough day. So he did dedicate that win. So that's nice of him to do on that front. And yeah, he said there's more to come from, from Dwight McNeil. He was very positive about that. So Sean Dyche, 
Uh, he's been at the Burnley job for a long time. You always wonder if he's going to go on to other things. Uh, to round out the other scores, we had Newcastle 1, Villa 1. Uh, that game really didn't come to life until the end. Karen Clark, an own goal in the 86th minute. Lascales answers it in the 90 plus four. But again, nothing really happened until the end in that match. Uh, Palace won West Brom nil. Of course, Milivojevic with the pen in the yeah. 37th, and that's all you saw there. And then Southampton won, Brighton two. Lewis Dunk and uh, Trossard scoring for Brighton. Shea Adams for Southampton. So anything, I know you kind of watched a little bit of these matches. Anything you want to say to these before we go to the comments? Yeah. Well, on the Newcastle Villa match, the, I don't, I don't understand. Maybe you can explain to me why that's counted as an own goal for uh, Clark. It, it seemed to me like it was Watkins that shot it. Yeah. It seemed like it was going on target. It got, it got massively deflected, but yeah. if, if it, if it's going on target, and it's deflected. It should be counted as a goal. So I don't know why Watkins didn't get credited with the goal. And I think the intern should count it as a Watkins goal because that's what I picked for the match. So I want at least one point for that. <laughs> I was pretty livid myself because I have him in fantasy. And I was like, yeah, it's Watkins goal. Because you saw the same thing with Odegaard where it deflected off. All yeah. the rail, but it went in and it was going in. And it's like, well, arguably for that one, you could say if that didn't deflect, the goalie would have stopped it. So Honestly, yeah. the, the, the is, it, is it because the goalie was there where it was heading? You can't I don't think so. Though. I don't think that's a thing. Yeah. So we're going to have to find out if anyone knows, this is a good time to plug at the footy corner too. Can someone explain to us because the, the way these refs have, have been going on about these things, honestly, I have no idea what's going on half the time with these calls. Is it, is it the ref so, that um, to me that was been, Oh, I guess it, I don't know if it was that records ref. like who the goal is by, huh? Or is it like, that's a good question. Some that, other that's central, like, I don't know. See, I've cleaned the entrance space, but no, no, be else about it. Cause we're having <laughs> a quarter way through the, the missing scores we're, <laughs> okay. with my help. Cause I had to put together. He, my he owes them to, he owes uh picks to me too, for my email pool. That's true. That's I might just send that myself then forget him. <laughs> okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Forget him. It, it is your fault, not the intern's fault. That is true. That I, one's I on maybe me. he could he could uh, kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> that one is on me. I'll, I'll give it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I you know if someone can tell us at the footy corner too what the deal with that is, we'd be we'd love to hear. Yeah. The case. Um, shall we get to the the comments? Let's do it. All right. There was a, a little talk. I thought it was a pretty cool uh, debate. Briefly, the poll of who would you have taking a pen to save your life. Bruno or Jorginho. Bruno wins 67% to 33%. got two-thirds of the votes. I thought the most interesting thing was that you actually, as a Chelsea fan, picked Bruno. Steve picked uh, Jorginho. Um, but you agreed with with my – is it the pressure situation that you agreed with what I had said, that he makes it against kind of big teams and big games, or that his percentage was higher? Um, I don't remember exactly uh... – your your argument was so um, <laughs> like spot on that I just had to agree with you. I mean, Jorginho's he's been really good. He had a couple misses, and then he got taken off pens. But he's he's taken a, a few. He's got put back on him, and he's he's made a couple in a row now. Um, I'm trying to find my tweet for that. Well, you said I voted for Bruno for the oh, same reasons. Oh, because of what you said on the pod. That's right. Yeah, and Steve said the skip step is lethal. But I thought Bruno somewhat. Does have a brief? Yeah, I thought he did too. He, they're they're very similar um, mm-hmm. styles. Yeah. yeah, 
So yeah, to go over it, I thought Brunei has a little more power behind his, but mainly the main reason was his percentage was a little better. And I thought that in his, his only miss in the Premier League was against Newcastle in like a eh, situation, whereas mm-hmm. uh, Jorginho missed against uh, Arsenal and Liverpool, I feel like in big, big yeah. so if it was for my life, it's a pressure kick. You know, that's where I'm sticking, Bruno. Again, both good choices, though. I mean, better, much better to have them than a lot of other people. Uh, so that's that. <clears throat> I thought this was interesting to bring up uh, because you're – I feel like you're a good person to talk to about this. There was a debate, and I don't remember exactly where it happened in the pod because, you know, when I'm talking to the guests, I, I, I didn't catch exactly. Yeah. Jeff messed up the difference between less and fewer. Do you use less and fewer in – in quite different terms from each other. And you I mean, know or distinguish the difference. I, I know the difference. I can't say that conversationally or casually I would use the correct one. Mm-hmm. If I was if I was writing something, right. like writing an email or, or an essay or a, a report or something, I know I would use the right one. I'm, I'm kind of a, gra- a stickler for correct grammar. Mm-hmm. Um, but really only when it comes to writing, when, when it comes to speaking, you really get into like colloquialisms. And if someone knows what you're talking about, you don't have to say the exact right thing. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not, I'm not too fussed about someone using less instead of fewer or vice versa. So you think he was digging a bit? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> to those it's, that it's are fun watching. to see, fun yeah. to see between Steve and Jeff. They're, oh, they'll, absolutely. Yeah. And if it ends in a game of trivial pursuit between all of yeah, us, absolutely. I mean, we're all I'm in. I'm a hundred percent in. Let's see if we can. Let's try to find an online version. Surely there's an online version somewhere. There's gotta be, yeah. And I think it would be really funny at some point this summer when the season's over, at some we could do an episode of Trivial Pursuit being played. That would be amazing. Just like a virtual recorded trivial pursuit. And that'd be the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I a thousand percent in <laughs> okay let, we'll see if we can work that out when the season ends at some point here i think that yeah, now i absolutely uh, <laughs> want to make this happen so let's look everyone in your jobs because i think everyone would love to play is to look up and if you let us know at the footy corner too if it's not one of the panel members because we've got a little chat going um if you find trivial pursuit online that would be amazing uh but to those wondering the difference between less and fewer fewer is used when, uh, with countable nouns so those are nouns that you have you know numbers associated with um for instance how many cookies right cookie monster would be told this is an example it's here to eat four <laughs> cookies but milk the amount of milk is is not really countable with integers you know in essence obviously you could measure uh-huh. no one's going to pull a measuring cup out in the middle of that so you'd say could you give the cookie monster less milk so i guess that you know accountability interesting use fewer for something that's yeah. I, I didn't know the exact rules but now that I think about it, I think, ah, oh, maybe that's how I was using the context for it. But I thought that was, that was just neat anyway. Yep. Um, um, real quick on grammar. If uh-huh. you're trying to figure out whether to use who or whom. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If you, re- if you replace the sentence with, with who you're talking about, like, I'm going to give it to him, then it would be, whom are you, to whom are you giving it? Okay. So, and it's the M, the whom and the him. Oh, really? Both have an M, obviously. And if it's a he, like who did it, he did it. Oh, it wouldn't okay. be whom did it, him did it. Oh, I see. So anything. So I- it, who? If if you answer the whom with a him, uh huh. But you answer the who with a he. 
Oh, I like that. So that's the trick I use for who and whom. I like and that's that. your that's today's grammar lesson. I'll be there back next week. Good. People that came to this are now uh, see this is educational. This is why Johnny can listen to the episode now. <laughs> maybe parts of it, maybe not a little bit. Um, so going back to the Jesus Firmino debate, and I'm really interested to see your take because Steve and Jeff went back and forth. Um, Steve said that Jesus's goal involvement per minute rate, this is getting a while now, is 0.0064, where Firmino's is 0.0050. So his goal involvement per minute is lower. Firmino's is lower than Jesus. He goes, so my point that Jesus is better than Firmino is, he, he's saying it's better than him, but it's only marginal. Compare those with Sterling, 0.0072, KDB, 0.0087. Salah point oh oh eight eight Jota point oh oh eight zero. He says so. Both are dog shit. Uh, <laughs> I guess that puts it to bed a little bit. I don't know who who do you yeah. think is the better of the two. If you're just to kind of randomly pick one, I just thought I'd ask you because these guys have been going at it back and forth. <laughs> I I don't want to get in the middle of them <laughs> of their fight. There, I mean, <laughs> neither neither of them are the best. Mm-hmm. I I think they're pretty interchangeable. I, I, if I had to choose, if I had to play one of these guys in a match, a big match tomorrow, I would choose Firmino. Uh-huh. If I had to have someone on my team for the next five years, it'd be Jesus. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. I so, agree with you there. That's I true. don't know. That's true. Did you happen to see that video um, of the Newport striker by any chance? I, did you, did the intern retweet it or? Uh, I don't think I saw it. Did retweet it. I think the intern may have retweeted it. Um, it is uh, so. While you do look for that, it was the Newport striker. Oh yeah. Uh, he scores a goal and then sprints fifty yards down the sideline to go directly to the manager of the other team and just <sighs> scream in his face. So. <laughs> It was, it's why I think it's dead on our account or should I have the, intern? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just watching it now. So the intern retweeted. So, so I found a little more detail on that. So the striker's name is Kevin Ellison from uh-huh. County. And he screamed in the face of his former boss, Derek Adams, after scoring against Morecam. Uh, and ready for this, this guy, Kevin Ellison that scored, he's 42 years old. Uh-huh. He looks old as hell. <laughs> he's 42. And he says, I showed him what I thought. <laughs> he said that, uh, he showed him that because the manager was disrespectful for forcing me to train by myself when I was at the club, when he was at, Morecambe. okay. He made 388 appearances for Morecambe, uh, but he was frozen out when Derek Adams was appointed the manager in 2019 hmm. and he was forced to train on his own. And I guess this was his way of, uh, he was finally released on a free transfer taken by Newport on a one-year deal. And then uh, Morecambe supporters actually didn't like that he that he left, you know, because when you're a legend, yeah. I guess, you know. Yeah, he was 42, 388 appearances. Yeah. yeah. So there was that. That was uh, that was a very interesting moment. What are your thoughts on uh, on that whole incident, I guess? When I, when I first watched it, I was like, what a douche move. <laughs> yeah. But hearing the backstory, uh-huh. like, doesn't sound like this guy wanted to leave Morecambe. Uh-huh, right. He was forced out. And he it, uh, clearly he doesn't have any ill will towards the club. It's it's because of the manager. So mm-hmm. you know what? Hot take. I, I'm behind this guy. <laughs> well done, Kevin Ellis. <laughs> I was gonna say though. I mean, the guy's 42. So at what point do you kind of like 
you know, just, just back. I mean, did, the other thing to know that we don't know is did he stink or was he still good? Was he like Mark Noble? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it depends, but I guess, I guess all he asked for was to train with the club. I mean, I guess if yeah. putting him on his own, that's a really douchey move. So because of that, I will back all of you guys on that. And I think I agree with everyone there because yeah, that was a bit wild in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> it was just crazy. Um, a, a thing that Nikhil pointed out, I don't know if you caught this, said that uh, Mason Holgate is on the Charlie before the, before the Burnley game. And it, to me, it looks like Mason Holgate is just it's sniffing salts, but it kind of looks like he might be sniffing other things. Um, so what is, what the hell does on the Charlie mean? Maybe I'm ignorant, know, but I, I'll be honest with you. I looked it up and nothing by the definition of what happened was there. So my assumption was like, is, is that like cocaine or? Yeah, I guess. Originally I thought it meant he was taking a shit. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> on the Charlie means, Hey, I'm about to do a madness, but that is the John. And then I thought, okay, maybe it's, I don't know what it is. So I watched the video and it looked like uh-huh. smelling salts and it kind of looked like maybe he was sniffing cocaine with the smell. Yeah. I'm watching the video now. Like that's, that's the impression I get. But again, knowing that a lot of players do smelling salts before the game, uh-huh. I just figured, oh, that's what that is. But who knows? Nikhil, let us know what being on the Charlie means. This might be something that we're a little uh, unsure of ourselves. <laughs> I It looks like smelling salts. Yeah. But yeah. So there's like that. who's who's doing a sniff of cocaine like in the fucking <laughs> tunnel before a game in front of the cameras in front of the cameras and all your teammates like Jesus it's it's got to be smelling salts but right that's that's what I thought this is wild yeah. uh, to move on another quick a uh, little cool thing that happened I think would be very interesting I wish we could see the results of this but the Premier League is sending surveys about improving VAR, VAR, to all 20 clubs. So again, they're set, they're set to send this survey to all the 20 clubs to request their feedback on ways to improve the use of VAR. Sky Sports has confirmed this. Uh, clubs are going to receive this survey within the next week here coming up, and they can suggest improvements around subjective calls for the 2020-21 season. And so – you know, they'll be able to view subjective calls in this survey, including penalties, red cards, handballs, and state whether they believe VAR should be asked to make a decision or not. Um, again, it's part of their effort to try to find consistency in decision-making. So I'll give them credit for doing that because VAR has been behind some controversial calls, as we know. My question to you, Brian, I mean, first of all, do you have any take on this? Are you happy about this? And then I have a, a very important question after this. I mean, it's it's fine. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's an empty gesture. I don't think they're going to take anything into account for real. Mm-hmm. They're just going to do what they decide to do anyway. So like, yeah, <laughs> don't send the survey out, but don't publicize that you're sending it out to make yourselves look like you're doing the right thing or some bullshit like that. That's true. They might be doing that. And it'd be nice. That's why I said for transparency, if we could see some results. Yeah. Like, you know, I, oh, I was going to say Chris Wilder wrote, but I mean, he's not going to write anything. He's not a yeah. manager anymore, but it'd be cool to see like Jose Mourinho said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my question is, if you were a manager, so if they said to you, Brian Moore, and you're managing one of the 20 Premier League teams, doesn't matter which one, what would be the one thing you would put on your survey answer that you, you'd suggest yes. to the Premier League? My biggest beef with 
with VAR is extremely close offside calls. Okay. I don't really care too much about the the um, subjective things. Make a rule and stick with it, whether it's right or wrong. Change it the next year or whatever, like um, handballs, penalty calls, whatever. Just make a rule and, and enforce it consistently. Mm-hmm. It might not be the, way, the right way to do it, but if you enforce it the same way against every team, then it's fair or, or equally unfair to everyone, mm-hmm. as long as it's equal. But, but the offside where someone's armpit, armpit hair is a millimeter offside – and then you disallow a goal because of it. Like it's crazy how close that they're measuring these things. And, and I think it was last year or two years ago where, where there was something where um, the frames per second of the camera can be behind or ahead of where the player actually is. Oh. Where, um, like in the, they, they try to get the exact frame of when the player kicks the ball Mm-hmm. but you're going to be a couple milliseconds off or whatever. And in those milliseconds, that player can either be onside or offside. It just depends on the frame of the camera. Right. And, and to judge it by that close, that thin of a margin just seems ridiculous. Like when they get their lines out on the computer or whatever, and <laughs> it's seriously like, like someone's armpit, which you can't score with your armpit for one. But mm-hmm. if you're leaning too far over, just just make it so that it's your feet or right. something or your head. Right. Just make make it one rule where it's the same point of your body that you're measuring every time, regardless of where it is on the field. Decide what's the best way to do it. Make it that, and then enforce it that way. Make it their head or their chin or their their most forward toe mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, or the the most forward point of their body of head or toe or knee or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would like to hear keep what it other, at that. What other people think? What they would like the survey? People let us know at the footy corner too. I want to hear what would you send to the survey going along your going along lines of your offside thing. The one issue I've had is that you know how they wait to blow the whistle. I think that's good because you wait to see if a goal goes in or not. Uh-huh. You also have situations where a person can get really hurt, and and that came into play with Roy Patricio. Uh-huh. Didn't happen after Salah was offside. They played on, boom, his head gets clattered into. So, again, I do see the advantages, though, of saying if we blow the whistle and he wasn't offside, they score. They're going to be really, really ticked. But yeah, in some cases when it's obvious, just put the flag up. You know, like, yeah. Stop the play. People can get injured. If it's close, then let it go. But sometimes right. they're so – like you see it and you're just like, what was the person waiting for? You know. So, yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, everyone else let us know what you think. Very interesting questions to be asked there. Uh, the legend of the 2015-16 Leicester team just continues to grow. Uh, an amazing story that came out. Actually, it was shared by Richie DeLate, who played for that Leicester team. He's now uh-huh. with Royal Antwerp at the moment. Um, but he he shared a story that the night before, because People, you know, forget some of the smaller things that occurred that year. And I guess this isn't small, but Jamie Vardy did score in 11 straight Premier League games, breaking Rude Van Nistelrooy's record. Uh, but, but Richie DeLate shares that the night before he broke that record, just to prove to you that Jamie Vardy just does what he wants, <laughs> right? Downs, Skittles and Red Bulls, you know, <laughs> whenever he wants. This particular night before the game, he apparently was able to drink uh, or take down almost nearly an entire bottle of port 
um, where Delate had one glass and then Vardy <laughs> drank the rest of it. He had, <laughs> D- Delate said that we had our own ritual. We'd get the team coach driver to buy us a bottle of port and hide it away in our room. He said that I drank a small glass of it and then he polished off the rest of the bottle. The next day he broke the record. What a guy. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jamie Vardy? Just Jamie Vardy's just a fucking legend, man. <laughs> Jamie Vardy's having a party. Chat shit, get banged. People forget like, that. Yeah, forget that. You got to We got to make that. Bring that mug back. Chat shit, get banged. He he is fantastic. Like I remember, as that season, that like probably around Christmas time of that season. Mm-hmm. I think Arsenal were in first at that point. Um, sorry to bring that up, but no like Vard, Vardy and Lester were just flying. I was like. I kind of want to get a Vardy Lester shirt, uh-huh. <laughs> like a jersey, because Vardy is just so fun to watch. He's fantastic, with like a great personality to watch. And I wish I had at that point. But then by the time, like I would have got it, they'd already won the title, and it would have been kind of like, you know, why do I have this? I'm just a bandwagon guy or whatever. And plus, I'm a Chelsea fan. But uh, uh, man, Vardy is just so fantastic. I love yeah. Vardy. I mean, the fact he's still doing it now. So even at oh, the yeah. time, he was maybe 28, 29, he's 34 now, still doing that stuff. But again, I feel like we still forget, really good. We forget some of those things he did like that moment or, or, you know, like that quote, the chat shit get banged. That might be the title. Yeah. Who knows? Just <laughs> throw back to that 2015, 16 Lester side to those that didn't get to stick around and see it that year. You guys won them the title too. So yeah, you guys beat Spurs. I remember I was running on a treadmill watching that and I actually cheered uh, Eden Hazard's goal. If it that goals, I I still love that. It's one of my favorite Chelsea goals of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it was a shit season, um, but it it was that was the Battle of Stamford Bridge. Mm-hmm. Yep, that so game that, was wild. That that solidified my pure hatred for Tottenham. Yep. Before then, I was like, oh, Tottenham's okay. You know, I I almost wanted to root for them. They're kind of the under the underdogs, but that game, it's just like I fucking hate Tottenham, and I always will. Yeah. And, and and I was I like I said I was I run an extra that day because that Rob Tottenham of the title was a great game in itself. Yep. So yeah, good throwback there to the fifteen sixteen season. Uh, now we're gonna move to something that just keeps happening, and, it, and it's a sad thing. Yeah. At at PS it's Wild, they had a match, and during their league, uh, that's how you say it, uh. clash <laughs> uh, against the FC Not Not. Oh God, I got to stop speaking French. Uh, <laughs> Di Maria and Marquinhos both get word during the match that their house was broken into. There were hostage situations Jesus. in some of them. I believe that's why Di Maria was crying. He pretty much went straight home after it. Um, you know, he was substituting the 62nd minute and just left the stadium. Uh, yeah. I understand. Uh, you know, this is a, increasingly large problem how you know is there a way to alleviate this what or what can we do to, to avoid this this yeah that's why i mean it's happened all over like managers have been i forget which ones but enchilada. um yeah enchilada yeah yep i mean the the scariest part is that these these criminals and thieves and mm-hmm. assholes are doing it during the game while the the players families are there Yep. yep. Which, which is even more, like you said, the hostage situation at, at first I was like, why would you tell them in the middle of the game? Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize that that hostage situation was, was a thing. Holy shit. That's yeah. scary, man. That's insane. And I, I, I think I saw a headline and I didn't realize the backstory of, of PSG is now hiring security for every player for their home okay. for all match days. 
I mean, I, mean, I think that's a solution. Win. I mean, these clubs, it, they're targeting high-profile players at rich clubs. Mm-hmm. So the clubs are big enough, rich enough that they can hire security for these players' homes during the match. You know, it's three, four hours of, of a security guard for every person. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a small cost to give your players, your employees, the, the sense of security and, and, and the peace of mind that they can do their job without the threat of their home and their family being robbed and, and hurt. Yeah. Especially so how much I, money these guys, you know, make or, or they bring into the clubs too, I should say. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Just if, if I'm a soccer player, I'm making a call to uh, say I'd Kolasinac and say, <laughs> quit your football job, come work security for me. He's not very good at his football job, so maybe, <laughs> maybe that would work out pretty well. <laughs> you just have to pay him comparable wages, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> that would be just Just give him a knife and you're good. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> on to some more lighter stuff. This, is, this to me, just caught my attention. Uh, former Swiss captain played for Arsenal in the Premier League, did a late stage uh-huh. career, wasn't very good, Lazio, and it was more known for being at Juventus. Stefan uh-huh. Lichsteiner, uh played 100 matches, actually, for Switzerland. Um, he's now 37. He's retired for a couple wow. of years now. And <laughs> he has started uh, an internship that lasts up to six months at Zurich firm Maurice de Mauriac. Um, and if you know what that is, <laughs> He's training to become a watchmaker. Uh, That's so, so like such a stereotype of a Swiss guy being a watchmaker, but it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's one of those, it's one of the oddest jobs. It's not something you really picture any kind of soccer player going on to do. Uh, you know, he mentioned if you're a banker, you can do that for all your life. But if you're a footballer, once you hit your mid thirties, you have to find something else to do. Uh, he said he would make a watch during his internship that would be sold off for charity. Um, but again, after that, he's opened the idea of becoming a full-time watchmaker. I didn't know that existed. I, I didn't know you had like specific watchmaker. I mean, there's a picture. Yeah. I've got to share this. I mean, it's got, you know, the little eye thing, the eyepiece in it. Uh, it's, it is. the Yeah. Like the monocle magnifying thing. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's just funny to see because you're like, wait, this guy was putting crunching tackles in two years ago. And here he is in like a, a white lab coat making. Like, <laughs> it is wild. Um he looks like the Terminator bit. He's Swiss. He's Swiss though. So it's, it's going to be a damn good watch. That's true. So that made me start thinking like what other players could you see having interesting jobs or, or going out to uh-huh. once their playing careers are done? I guess it, it could be a normal job. I don't know. It's just, that was just something that caught my attention. <clears throat> Do you have any ideas or players in mind that? Yeah. The, I, I came up with one right away. It's the first guy I thought of. We've already talked about him before. Uh-huh. He okay. is a helmeted goalkeeper. Oh, better check. Yes. Who you mentioned he's played hockey before uh-huh. as a goalie. Yeah. He is a, um, I, I wouldn't say prolific, but he is an experienced drummer. Oh, and he, he loads, he, he's done a lot of uh, drumming that he loads his drumming videos up onto YouTube. Mm-hmm. And he just seems like the eccentric type of guy that just has interests in many different fields where he could be he, he could be a watchmaker or he could be um 
it, it wouldn't surprise me to learn that he was like a fantastic, um, like a Nick Offerman type where he like a woodworker, you yeah. know, like makes everyone <laughs> make all his friends baby cribs and benches and canoes and <laughs> shit like that. Like he just seems someone that seems like someone that would be talented in, in everything and, and eccentric enough that he could, he could do something like that. That would be, I think that'd be awesome. That'd be amazing if he just woodworked everything around Chelsea, about around Stanford bridge. Like, <laughs> no. They legit have wood goals now because Petter check has created. So they really are hitting off the woodwork when people. Yeah. Are, <laughs> The, who 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 did you come up with for this? No, like, I'll be honest. I, I lack the the um, creativity gene, but I will. <laughs> another player that has gone and do something that people didn't expect. You do you remember Matthew Flamini of uh, Arsenal? Yeah, Flamini. He he played for AC Milan for a bit. Um, he's now a billionaire. I think is what what I'm hearing. What? Um, because he's invested millions in research and trials of eco uh, an eco fuel company. So he's all behind like a. Um, it's what it is, is uh, let me let me find out here. Environmentally friendly alternative to oil. So he is trying to find like new forms of energy. <laughs> He's doing like groundbreaking stuff um, to make change what? in the world environmentally. So I thought that was wild when I heard that one. Um, that's just the one that I could think of that comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, that is wild. Are you, are, you see, are, you, are you looking at that now? I'm looking at it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was pretty good. I, I feel like Conte could do something like peaceful. Like he just seems like such a happy guy all the time. You know, I could see him being yeah. like, kind of like a, like a bunch of monks, like just the peaceful guys that are just, you know. <laughs> yeah. But he, yeah, that's a, that's a good shot. Like he wouldn't do anything in the public. Cause he's so, he seems so introverted. True. That's um, right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But then there's, um, is it, is it Drogba that, um, really really pushed for peace in the ivory coast mm-hmm. yeah he was very involved i think politically yeah and then um george wea is yep. now the president of liberia and his son's about to do a madness for the u.s yes mm-hmm. and leal yeah that's true that is true that yeah interesting stuff there so if anyone else has any suggestions uh at the footy corner to let us know which soccer player you think would do a uh, have an interesting career post soccer and what that would be? It maybe it's an odd job. I think that'd be neat to find out. Uh, finally, before we get into some of the other segments, uh, Inter Miami got Ryan Shawcross last week. I mentioned that uh, in the pod. Now they're signing Kieran Gibbs. Um, it looks <laughs> like at the end of the season uh, of this season here, I think he's with West Brom now. Obviously, used to play for Arsenal. He's only thirty one. He signed a two and a half year deal with the MLS franchise Inter Miami. So they're really making moves, I think, to get, uh, you know, Beckham's getting some of his buddies up in there, you know, getting some English <laughs> flair. How do you feel about this signing for Inter Miami? Is there any, is there any comment about it? Don't care. It's just more washed up MLS play, or washed up Premier League or now gives his case a championship, washed up championship player uh-huh. playing in the MLS. <laughs> Yeah, that's like cool. I'm not I'm not going to watch a Inter Miami match because Ryan Shawcross is playing. Right. <laughs> like I can understand obviously when Beckham played for LA Galaxy, you're going to watch Galaxy because Beckham's playing. Right. You're going to watch LA Galaxy because um Ibrahimovic is playing. Mm-hmm. You're going to watch DC United because Wayne Rooney is playing. Right. 
I'm not going to watch Inter Miami because fucking Kieran Gibbs is playing right back for him. Or Ryan Shawcross is playing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. I, I <laughs> who cares? I feel you there. All right. So before we get into NOS of the week, I feel like well, let's just do this now. Let's knock it out. Mount Rushmore time. It's been a while since we've had one. No, this isn't going to be a knockout thing. This is going to take forever. <laughs> well, no, I mean, yeah, but I, I do. I just wanted to, I figure we cover it now because then if I, do the nonce winner and then I wait to do the, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. So I figure let's just go ahead and do this one because I think people will enjoy this one. Uh, and we haven't had Mount Rushmore for a while because in the solo episodes, I feel like it'd be a bit weird if I did it against myself. So March Madness is coming up. The listeners, I'm sure you're going to have a lot to say about what we choose or more so what we don't choose, but we will share yeah. our top. March Madness moment. So it's the Mount Rushmore of March Madness moments. It could be a play. It could be a series of things that happen. Uh-huh. Um, but again, there are just so many of them. Uh, and what I will do here is, since you're the guest on here, I don't know who won last time or what happened. Since you're the guest, I'll let you choose. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second and third? Uh, I will go second. Oh, balls. And third, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, if I have the first pick um, – I'm going to start with something that's that's kind of recently in our memories. Uh, I feel oh. like a lot of these picks, you got to pick something that you saw happen. Yeah. I'm going to go to 2018. There were a few things that happened in 2018. Fuck. But I'm going to take the the only time in NCAA. Fuck, I should have gone first. God damn it. Seen the 16 seed beat the one Oh, seed. no, no. Okay. Okay. You didn't take yeah. my pick. No, yeah. I didn't. Okay. I, didn't. I, I know okay. what you're going to take. I like that one too. But I'll, yeah. That was my second one. I got to say the only time since it's ever happened once 16 seed beat the one mm-hmm. seed when UMBC beat Virginia. And yep. not only did they beat them, they, they crushed them. them. And Virginia was number one overall seed too. Yeah. Yeah. Number one overall seed in the tournament, 74 to 54. Obviously mm-hmm. Virginia wins it the next year, but I will say this. I also entered a pool that year and it was like squares except for uh-huh. college basketball. So each game that you hit the squares, you know, you win a, you know, you win whatever, a certain amount. Yeah. Of and this was one of the few games I won on. So not only was it memorable, cause I, you know, that, that was only time 16 beat one, but I actually won some money on that. On that yeah. Game. Nice. Um, so that was clear in everyone's memory that to me, just because it's only happened once I picked that one and I have a nice. bad feeling. You're going to pick one of my, my, I had two really high choices. I think you're going to pick my other one here. So, so yeah. yeah, I was getting worked up about nothing because I had the year wrong. Okay. Um, I will say the, the reason I, I didn't have the UMBC win over Virginia on my list was just because they crushed them. They won by 20 points. It wasn't like an exciting, like, like it was, it was epic and monumental. Historic, absolutely. It was, it was historic. But it wasn't like a... a a gut punch for the the losing team or, or oh, it was it was yeah you're okay so it, were, it wasn't I mean, if that, uh, was, uh, if that was purdue how would you feel that whole oh week? yeah i know well we've we've been close similar to that <laughs> right that's true purdue, i think purdue might have been the one seed that's been closest to losing in the past or, yeah. before our time but that's true that's <clears throat> um so I, yeah it, it, it's a good pick mm-hmm. so my first pick is going to be something that I, I, I forgot happened and it didn't happen in 2018 because Villanova won that year, but it happened in 2016 yep. when Villanova won. 
Yes. Um, with a literal buzzer beater yep. to win the national championship game, Chris mm-hmm. Jenkins yep. hit like, I mean, you cannot be any more like um, when you're shooting basketball as a kid by yourself, right. like buzzer beater, like time winding down buzzer beater to win the national championship. Yeah. And like, that's what happened. And, it's it was just wild, massive scenes mm-hmm. for Villanova to win first time since '85, I think. Right, and, and, and it's yeah. Like, it allowed the announcer, like you mentioned, kind of to go off what you said. The announcer cued it up too, so it was like you said. Not only is it like our backyard three, two, one for the nation. Yeah. The guy that was announcing literally said for the national title as the ball was in the air mm-hmm. when it was bananas. And was, it was, was preceded. It was preceded by an yes. epic. Uh, North Carolina basket. Yes. Like there's a double if, pump three to tie the game. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If, if Villanova hadn't, hadn't have made that shot, if Chris Jenkins didn't make that shot, the North Carolina shot would have gone down as like one of the best yep. plays ever. hundred percent. And then it was, it was trumped mere seconds later with a buzzer beating national championship shot. Yeah. If anyone ever wonders like, why do you watch this? Or like, why should I watch this? You just show them those, t- those, 10 seconds. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's the reason. All right. What do okay. you have third? Hopefully you won't. You took my third rank one. So I'm hoping you don't take my second rank. Oh, I'm absolutely taking your second one. Cause I'm looking at my list and, and now I realize what it is. <laughs> okay. It is Loyola Chicago's run. Yeah. Yep. Yep. In, in 2018, yeah. I think they were uh, an 11 seed. Yeah. Yep. They had a buzzer beater, like another literal buzzer, buzzer beater to beat Miami in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, they had in the second round, I think it was the second round over Tennessee. Yep. It was, they, they beat Tennessee. Um, a la- it was a last second shot, not a buzzer beater, beater like but a last second. Left. Yep. Yeah. It, it gave Tennessee a, a bad chance to, to come back. But, mm-hmm. um, and then in the elite or in the sweet 16, they had another, it wasn't a buzzer beater. It was a close game. Yeah. They made it to the elite eight. And then freaking Loyola Chicago with um, <laughs> Sister Jean made it to the final four as an 11 seed. And it was just an incredible run. Yep. Especially with, with Sister Jean. Man, you took my second and third one. I know. That was, that was really good. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to take Loyola Chicago, but w- when uh-huh. I fucked up by saying 2018 and, and you got scared. <laughs> you knew I was going to take I, it. I, I, stole it. I stole it from you. I screwed up. Gonna, that's gamesmanship on my part. Damn it. All right. Okay. You know what? Here's what I'm going <laughs> to do. I have two picks and then I have one later, right? So I'm going to go now a little throwback. So those are my three most recent ones that I really mm-hmm. like. There's another recent one that I'll save. And by recent, I mean like past 10, 15 years. I'll save that yeah. one. Yeah. But I'm going to go throwback for a couple of these. Um, yep. One of them for – being one of the first times I ever really remember, and I, and I really didn't, I watched NBA before I watched college basketball. Uh-huh. And I'd say I really kind of started getting into college basketball, maybe 97, 98. So this was like the very first time I saw an actual upset. Uh-huh. Uh, and it still played to this day. Uh-huh. Uh, Bryce Drew of Valparaiso. Uh-huh. Remember that shot? So yep. it, was in, it was in 98. And that was, to me, this was the first ever Cinderella win. So I had, yep. this might be a personal one. But I think it's it's well known. They Valparaiso, yep, Valpo. Yeah, they yep. beat Ole Miss. They had 
2.5 seconds to get the ball in from under their own hoop. They launch it. One of the players kind of flips it to Drew. He just he, he fires a three. And his dad was the coach. Yep. Indiana team. So for all of us that are that are fans of you know Purdue, um, and just Bryce Drew nails it, and that is the thing he is the most famous for because he went on to play in the NBA with the Bulls. He's gone on to coach <laughs> a few teams. Yep. But I think he's forever known for that shot in '98. So if you guys, the younger people that haven't had a chance to see it, we're, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to po- like make a, a Twitter thread. I think. I think of so. highlights of, of all our highlights for people that, to judge. That would be solid. Actually, yeah, if you can, you know what? I'll find the links of my plays. And if you find yep, the links of yours, I will I'll yeah. have the intern maybe make some um, underneath the Mount Rushmore. We'll uh-huh. do it in the order the draft happened. So they could yep, just see all perfect. the moments and enjoy it. And, and holy crap, that was great. Time. Yep. Um, for my third pick, this is more for catastrophe. And I'll say that I got into a little wormhole today when, when I was making this pick. I, I kind of rewatched some of these to see, did I, do I have it right? Was it a big moment? And what happened from it? And this one, I'll be honest, I did not see this live. It was before I watched. But I feel like it's, it's interesting. Oh, yeah. Pro. Chris Weber calls mm-hmm. a timeout in the 93 title game when Michigan had no timeouts left. But mm-hmm. the best part is before that, he traveled. He traveled, yep. Didn't get called. <laughs> For those that haven't seen this, go look. 93 title game, Chris Weber. Dude takes the inbound, and he's kind of pressured, looks to pass to Rose, but knows it's going to get picked. And then he kind of travels. And even the announcer's like, oh, man, he walked. And then he Yeah, he walked. Bit. Yeah. Oh, he called a timeout. They don't what have any timeouts. The, yeah, that's a technical foul. Calls timeout. Didn't have it. Gets a technical. They lose the title by six. They lose the game. Yep. Uh, they they were they were known as the Fab Five. There was that recruit yep. class in '91, and the ones that people would know are how Joan Howard, Jalen, uh-huh. Chris Webber, and then there are a few others that didn't quite make it to the NBA as much. But man, um, yeah, there, I think there's a ESPN 30 for 30 or or some other doc on the is. Fab Five that that's really fun to watch. So it is. That's fantastic. Do watch it and keep in mind. That people don't know that Jalen Rose and Chris Weber are still to this day beefing and they're mad at each other. I saw a 16 minute thing on YouTube today about how they're still beefing and that oh, I didn't know that. That Chris Weber didn't show up on the documentary. So if you're watching the documentary, oh. they invite they said they invited him to show up. He didn't show up. He claims that they invited him a week before only. They let him only know uh. a week at a time, but they're like, that's a lie. So it's really interesting. So I think maybe I'm taken away by the storyline, but that was an incredible moment. And so, um, yeah, even though it was before our time, I watched the highlight and I'm just like, oh my God, what would I do today? If like, what would social media have done <laughs> at the moment? Yeah. That happened? Oh okay. yeah, I know. It's wild. So, all right. So I've got one more, but I got to wait till you make two and I'm hoping you don't take my last pick that I really. So, like. so I, I'm going to go in the way back machine uh-huh. just like you did for my next pick. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple one of them is is the most iconic, but involves a team that everyone hates, so I'm not going to pick it. So I'm going to go to 1983. Yes. Before any of us were born. It is a really good um, one. Jimmy V, Jim Valvano was a coach of NC State, yep. and they beat Houston, mm-hmm. like a high-flying team. They were called Five Slamma Jamma. Yep. I think Clyde Drexler was on the team. Mm-hmm. And um, NC, it, this was another buzzer beater to win the national title, and – NC State, I think they got a steal. They were down one or two. The guy, um, I forget, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't remember the names, but he he, he threw up a, a desperate three-pointer from... It was Wittenberg, yeah. Yeah, from, from half court, just mm-hmm. airballed it. But then there was another guy right there to basically catch it under the rim, 
So it was legal, I think. And then slam it in literally no, no time left on the clock and they win the title. Yeah. And they were a low and, seed, and right? Were they an eight seed? I, I think they're, yeah, they're the low, lowest seed at the time to win the title maybe. Uh-huh. And then, I mean, I mean, we've all seen the video of Jimmy V running around all excited, like wild. And mm-hmm. um, I don't think that was his last game, but that, you know, he, right. he had cancer. He died a couple years later and, and, you know, the, everyone knows that the Jimmy V foundation and, yes. and all the stuff they do, positive stuff they do for cancer research and all that stuff. So absolutely. So that's my number three pick. Um, I, like oh, that, man. That, I think that one has a 30 for 30 as well. Just saying. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. So there's there's two that I'm debating between, and I'm going to have to go with the more positive one than the negative one, and it is Florida Gulf Coast's run in damn 2013. It. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> yes. it. They were a 15 seed, and and you know there's been 15 seed upsets in the past, but they beat a Georgetown, a good Georgetown team. And they were just high flying, slam dunking, alley ooping all the way. Like they crushed Georgetown. Yep. And then their next game was against San Diego State. Same deal. Like they were just all over the court, like lobbing alley oops from all over. And they just played both Georgetown and Georgetown and San Diego State out of the gym and made it to the Sweet 16 as a 15 seed, which I don't think had happened before. Right. Yep, they were the first 15 seed to make the Sweet 16, and it was yep. their first ever tourney appearance. Yeah, first. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and, and and they did it with swagger. They did it with style, and it was just a lot of fun to watch. Oh man, yeah, Dunk City. That you're right. That is <laughs> Dunk City. Yep, that team. And it was. I mean, it was, it was incredible what they were doing. Like they were. They like you said, not only one, but they were demolishing the team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was like the George, Georgetown was double digit win, and then. San Diego State, they were losing in the first, and they came back and won by a lot. Got out of yeah. the um, There was a two-minute clip I've seen, and that was that would have been my last pick. So I'll be honest. Every <laughs> I just stole all your picks. Yeah, everything on my list has been taken. I Honestly, at this point, I might – I thought you said you had eight. I have one more, and, and oh, it's no. the only one left. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's never happened that I've written down eight uh-huh. and that – every pick was on that list. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> this, this might be the first time. In the I, have, I have a ton on my list that I could have taken. Yeah. Well, and unfortunately yeah. it, you referenced the one I'm going to mention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it has to be taken. Yeah. It's the Christian Leitner beating Kentucky in the 92 East regional. It's on every, like it used to be on Gatorade commercials or I don't know. What yeah. But you just see him take that inbound, just does the turnaround jumper. And yeah, I know we, we don't like, Duke, but we also don't like well, Kentucky. Like, so yeah, um, true. Leitner's <laughs> kind of a dick, ball. though. That's true. And I, I kind of damn. Three of mine are really old, but hey, Grant you, Hill though. I like Grant Hill. Yes, that's he, true. he's the one that threw threw the inbound pass. I think he did. He did. You're right. And he had the good Sprite commercials. Yeah, <laughs> played for the Pistons for a few years. Um, yeah. I remember him on the Magic because yeah. I had a, a Orlando Magic starter jacket. There you go. They had a that day. too. So yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah, you, had, you, you got to take that one. It, it's like literally the most iconic college basketball play ever. Right. So. You can't pass that over. So uh, I, I just didn't want to take it because it's Leitner and it's Duke. Yeah, I know. I yeah. feel like that. That's why it was eight on my list. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I had. Yeah. So just to recap. Um, I have UMBC first 16 seed doing it all. Uh, Bryce drew for Valpo. 
for, like I said, personally, just first time seeing an upset as a kid. Leitner beats Kentucky in 92, and Chris Weber calls a timeout when they have none in the national title game. Brian yeah. with the Jenkins buzzer beater. That's, that was, man, to this day, that might be the best <laughs> title I've seen. Yeah. Um, Loyola, Chicago, the flying sister jeans going on that run. NC State with the huge upset over Houston being the lowest seed team to win at that point. There, I believe I'm pretty sure there's a 30 for 30 on that one too. I saw yeah. it. Yeah. It's very touching. Uh, and then FGCU Dunk City, <laughs> Coast, making the sweet 16, the first 15 seed to do that. Do you think we'll see one this year? No. Okay. Neither do I. I just wanted no. to ask that while we were no way. Um, we we have to you, we have to do also rounds. Yeah, I, I have a you, ton. Yours. You go first. Um, if I have any left over here. So s- similar to to your uh, Valpo Bryce Drew pick, your your first memory of like an epic March Madness uh, moment. Mine is um, UCLA over Missouri in 1995. Tyus Edney. Tyus Edney, yeah. Ty, Tyus Edney had a had a. Um, sprint down the court to, to make a last second shot. I don't think it was in the, it might've been a sweet 16 or elite eight or something, but it wasn't, I don't think it was the title game. It was over Missouri. And I remember that game, Tyus Edney and Ed O'Bannon for UCLA. And yep. The O'Bannon brothers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Ed O'Bannon is the reason we don't have, why we don't have NCAA football anymore, but he could be the reason that NCAA uh, athletes get paid. So, that's true. So that's good. Um, but yeah, it, it, like, like I said, it's like my first memory of an NCAA tournament, like epic moment. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. You, you go with Nelson Rand now. Uh, well, I have a few, I'll stick first. Just, just do one. Let's, sh- let's just take turns. Cause okay. I, I have some that I want to, I know this is a soccer podcast, but it's March madness season. So just indulge us in this. So I, I so I don't know the exact name of uh, the first name, but Hunter of Georgia State, I think. His dad was the coach. Mm-hmm. His dad had one of those like rolly scooter things. Yep. His leg was broken. or I don't He know, tore like, his ACL celebrating their um, conference Achilles. championship win. It was the Achilles. He tore his Achilles. Or Achilles, yeah. yeah. Achilles, yeah. Their, yeah. And they won their conference tournament. And I remember they were – I don't remember who they were playing, to be honest, but I just remember the moment like he – he gets the ball. RJ Hunter is the name of the guy. That's who it is. Yeah, the, the son of the coach. Son of the coach gets the ball and then he passes it off to like a guy that's setting a, a setting a screen for him and then kind of turns around and the even the announcer's like, what are they doing? The guy flips it back to RJ Hunter and he's a good like four or five feet behind the three-point line. Yeah. Chucks the like three deep. for the win. Four, it was a 14-3 game. That's all I remember. Yeah. He nails it and his dad falls off the scooter thing celebrating again. Uh I think it was against West Virginia. Yes. Possibly, yes. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And his dad, his dad with a torn Achilles falls just, off his scooter. I mean, you're the coach, you're coaching your son, and he just won the uh ter- first tournament game. Yeah. That was yeah, that, that's that's that was, insane. I had that one on my list too. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh one of the ones that I w- wanted to take that I almost took fourth, but it, it was kind of negative was the 2010 uh, national title game mm-hmm. uh, between Butler and Duke and Gordon Hayward, just last second half court heave, just inches, inches away from winning the national title over Duke as freaking Butler. Yes. Like Cinderella, like the Cinderella of all Cinderella's just almost making it on a, a last second heave. And it was just so agonizingly close. That would have been amazing if they'd won it. That would yeah. Amazing. It was in Indianapolis. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Butler playing in Indianapolis. Yeah. That was a crazy one. Um, I will now go to one. I, I, people don't remember this one. Well, they might remember the game, but they don't remember this quite as much. It was a second round game between Northern Iowa. And that's Kansas. literally next on my list. Yeah. And the reason I picked this one. And I remember Ali. I yeah. It was my boy. It's a Persian guy. Ali. Yeah. Farouk-Manish, Farouk, uh, yep. Gets the ball in transition. And I believe they were, they were maybe winning by one when he got, they were up by one. Yeah. They were up one and he gets the ball and like, they're on a break and he just stops and pulls up at three. I'm like, what is he doing? Like, yeah. I just remember I was at an airport. I, I, I don't remember exactly yep. where I was, but I was at an airport I'm watching on the TV at this airport. I'm like, no, why are you stopping? Take it to the hole. Yes. Onions drains the three to go up four, and they end up, they, I mean, they won it, but that was incredible ball against a really good Kansas team. Yeah, the one seed, they were the one. And I think Northern Iowa was either eight or nine. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember that game especially well because I was in which I was living in Wichita at the time, uh-huh. in Kansas, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it. I'm trying to. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I, I just left Kansas. I was in Evansville. Okay. So I remember the restaurant I was at. Um, people just go nuts. No, there weren't that many people in there, okay. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> so it wasn't that bad. exciting in terms of the, like, thing. but I, I was excited. I was watching. I was kind of rooting for Kansas because I liked Kansas from living there. That was I'm great. trying to find the name of the restaurant. <laughs> well, um, I'm looking your, at my map. Next, but, what was your next one before you? Okay, yeah. Sorry, I'm no, no getting into the. We're we're going really long here. Sorry, we are. That's okay. Um, well, the rest of it's going to be quick. Yeah. So I have a. I, I'll, I'll um, combine these two together. There's uh, a Xavier against Kansas State in 2010. Yep. <laughs> where um, this this was epic because Xavier tied it um, at the buzzer and it was just an epic Gus Johnson call. <laughs> I forget yeah. exactly what he said, but he he basically like orgasmed on Mike. He's like, oh, Xavier <laughs> can't ties it. And then the other Gus Johnson one was um, basically like my everyone's first introduction to how awesome Gus Johnson is was Gonzaga over Florida in 1999. Yep. And he's it's the runner, <laughs> yeah. and the Gonzaga makes it and and wins it at the at the end. This was the the first time. This was Gonzaga Cinderella story, right? In 1999 and. Uh-huh. Um, you know, after Florida misses the shot, uh, Gus Johnson's like, the slipper still fits. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, it was yeah. amazing. And, and that was like, you know that, right? Purdue beat Gonzaga. Gonzaga the next season in that. Six oh, next versus, season. Yeah. Six versus um, 11 or three. Were they, were they up to th- No, Oklahoma was the three. Gonzaga might have been the seven. So they okay. the two and Purdue wins the six, seven and goes to the elite eight and loses to the eight seed Badgers to go to the final four. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't a Purdue yeah. fan at that point, but yeah. so actually it's but, funny, but Gonzaga really got going after that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, after three years and then here they are now one seed. They're a national power. I mean, yeah. for the last 15 years, they've been the best, one of the best programs in the country and it yeah. started. In, That's in, a good in, shout. That's a really good one. Yep. I think that's about it. If I have like any small, I have more. I have more. <laughs> yeah, run them down. I'm sorry, no worries. Um, 2007, New Orleans, Purdue against Arizona. I was at the game. Chris Kramer took a shot from his knees and made it, and it was fucking awesome. That was especially that. good because I was literally at the game. I was on spring break in New Orleans. <laughs> um, 2012. There was a day, um, the first, I think it was either the first or the second day of the, the tournament. Um, I was in Scottsdale with 
um, friends of the pod, Patterson and Novacell, Chris Patterson, Nick Novacell, watching basketball. We were at a bar all day. Lehigh beat Duke 15 yes. over two and Norfolk state beat Missouri 15 over two in the, well, same, the same day. day. Yeah. Same day. And it was just, everyone's bracket was busted, but everyone was going wild. Wow. That's insane. I, I yeah. remember uh, middle Tennessee over Michigan state is the big 15 too. Cause I had Michigan state winning the title that year. So I was like, Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. That, that, I think that was a different year. It was, this, yeah, this was, was a year that, that Lehigh was like, I think it's the only time that two 15 seeds have won in the same tournament. Right. Yeah. And then the last one was Northern Iowa beating Texas on a, a literal half court shot, <laughs> half court crazy. buzzer beater shot in 2016. The bank. It was over. Yeah. And I think that was Texas. I think they were like a three seed or something. And I, I can't remember if Northern Iowa was a 14 or if they were the six. They may have been an 11. No, or 11, they, maybe it was 11. Yeah. yeah. And then they won that one. That was insane. Yeah. Literally like half court, half yes. court buzzer beater. I remember the name Jesperson too. That was, that was, the yeah. A couple other yeah. ones just to add in. Uh, I have Kramer's running winner over Texas A&M. Yep. Um, when the Texas A&M had Chris Middleton, I believe that was 08. I don't know. I could be wrong. I, I think so. Yeah. It was in overtime too. I, I believe yep. it was a four or five game. Um, and then, I was at one that last, you know, maybe I shouldn't bring it up two years ago. Oh, God. The Virginia one over, over Purdue. I was ready to celebrate, run on the concourse. I had tears of joy ready, locked and loaded. Yeah. Actually, when Ryan Klein, or when Grady Eifer got the rebound and kicked to Klein and he got fouled, I was like, oh my God, this is it. The 90s yeah. made one of them. And I was like, oh, we're still fine. Just follow the guy with five seconds. They did everything right that I thought they should do. And even when the ball got tipped out to half court. It got like, tipped out past half court. You're like, like this is it. Purdue's going to the final four. Yeah. There's no way they can score from past right. half court. I'm like, oh unless God. in my head, I'm not even thinking of a pass. I'm like, no. he's going to chuck a three. I'm like, we got two guys there in his face. If he makes it, that'd be wild. But there's no Fucking way. Cisco-ass taco. He throws it. Bit, not taco. Yeah, yeah, it was wild. But uh, yeah. Frustrating, but it was it. epic. I have to mention it because yeah, it was epic. And, and those two games I was at in, in uh, Louisville for those Purdue games, the, the other one went to overtime with Tennessee. That was a really good game too. Yeah. Some of the best games I've ever been to. The crowd was crazy. So I, I do miss the crowds. We'll see what happens this tournament. Um, let us know. What did we miss? I don't know if we missed much. We said I don't know. I Yeah, sorry. I, I rambled on. but No, it's good. I, lo- I love the NCAA tournament. So. Same. I am. I cannot Best wait. Best sporting tomorrow. event. Tomorrow. Yeah, I know. It starts tomorrow. I mean, it's just it the is. first four. Unfortunately, it's, it's not like it, – it's good games, but – what I love about the first weekend or the first couple of days of the tournament is like pretending to work while you actually watch games. Yeah, <laughs> so. Games are on at all times. And, and that's only on Friday this year. Yeah, that's true. Well, at least Saturday, so I have to fit a trip to my parents because it's the Persian new year. Yeah. Uh, so I have to find little windows to, to just have the phone, you know, with one game on or something. Yeah. Um, but Hey, I can't wait. Everyone can't wait. We might have a um, footy corner too. We might have a, a thing for that when people are discussing it in the chat. We'll see if yeah. we can get that together in time. Uh, we may. So let me go to um, nonce of the week results from weeks last week. Uh, there was a tie between oh. Myers Leonard and the Texas Rangers. Um, Leonard for using a, a slur during a video game. 
and uh, Twitch feed, I believe, and the Texas mm-hmm. Rangers for uh, unreal, just opening things up. I like that you like my stupid statement. <laughs> that was the frustration out of the situation. It's a real thing. Like people that are stupid, just yeah. stupid other, they're kind of lucky. So whatever. Ignorance is bliss is what, what you may say. I don't know. Um, that said, let's go to this week's Nonce of the Week. You are a nonce, You're a nonce, mate. And we have a few decent candidates, few that were tossed in by others. Uh, the first one I want to mention is actually really funny. And you may notice it tomorrow when you go to watch the um, the Tottenham match with Dinamo Zagreb. Had you heard about this, Brian? The- no, I have not, as I'm pissing. <laughs> <laughs> the Dinamo Zagreb manager will not be managing tomorrow's second leg. The reason for that is because coach Zoran Mamic has resigned. And you might ask, why has he resigned? Well, He's had a five-year prison sentence placed on him for fraud. So he can't manage because he's going to prison. Jesus. <laughs> so That's he had, wild. He had to step down immediately following the confirmation of the sentence. Uh, and Dinamo Zagreb is going with uh, former player Damir Krizanar as the manager for this match. So that's one way to avoid <laughs> playing a second leg against Tottenham, I guess. <laughs> you go from one day managing... Uh, professional football team to <laughs> prison. Five year <laughs> Not a good luck. That's wild. Um, then I'm going to go to AFTV for somebody that know that's Arsenal fan TV. Um, a lot of people get joy out of watching them after an Arsenal loss. I get embarrassed by them. To me, they're, uh, I, I get what they're doing. They're getting clicks because they know if we have people act crazy after a match, people are going to watch us. We're going to get money. I get that. But as an Arsenal fan, it just looks bad. You know what I'm saying? The mm-hmm. optics aren't yep. good. It makes as you as a fan base look really stupid and desperate. And yeah, um, they did something this week, and Nikhil sent it in. Uh, they were celebrating Son's injury like a bunch of idiots. And I'm just yeah. like, you know, hey, I get it's a rival, but can you just, you know, why are you cheering? Like, yeah, you can discuss it and say, oh, wow, we caught a break because he's yeah. he may not be playing. That's fine. But they were celebrating like a bunch of four-year-olds that don't know I, each yeah. other. I, I didn't even watch the video just because I knew it would be so cringy. It was. Like, it was. oh, God. And and I feel bad because so the creator, Robbie, you know. Uh-huh. I know, yeah. Good, he had good content. Like, I used to actually watch his content before this thing blew up. Uh-huh. He really had good content. He'd talk about transfer rumors. He'd talk about the team, ask for interactions. And now he's brought on this cast of clowns. Like and I clickbait. He's, he's getting money. The yeah, people that he's brought on are just even when this happened, he was quiet about it in the background. But all these idiots, oh, yeah, he's injured. I'm like, come on, don't say. And everyone has the people in the fan base. I'm not just saying the Arsenal fans stink, but mm. it's just a bad, it just looks bad. And it's, it's really There's bad grapes in every bunch. Yeah. And, and you shouldn't do that. You should never, ever celebrate an injury. I don't care who it's happened to. Well, yeah. I mean, in terms of any, Soccer player that's not in prison, you know. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there's that. Um, there's Squadron, our boy, Squadron Mustafi, up for it again this time. The main reason, so he had basically a calamitous own goal that, you know, Schalke is just in complete shambles. They stink. We all know that. We've talked yeah. about it here on the pod. Um, there was an inviting cross in one of their matches this week against, or last week against Wolfsburg. And it came in and 
I don't know if Mustafi was trying to head it back to the goalie or what he was thinking, but it was one of those where he's just kind of like heads it back and it goes into his own goal. And it was really comedic. And I'll have the intern post that one. <laughs> but he's announced the week, not because he scores the own goal, but he's the reason the entire front office got fired. Him and uh, we talked about it, Huntelar and, and Kolesinec. And he scored this ridiculous own goal, leading by example, I see. Typical yeah. <laughs> bullshit. We've been a lot better without him, too. So Squadron is up on this list. And finally, one of the, I would say, heavy favorites. And I'm going to ask you, did you hear about this one ahead of time? Because this one... No, I didn't. It, it really didn't make news as much. And I kind of heard about it once, and I kind of forgot. But then today, I remembered. I was like, oh, wait. Well, I'm coming up with nonsense. This is a big-time one. So there was the announcer using an open mic at an Oklahoma high school basketball game. Um, and it really doesn't matter, I guess, who it's between. Uh, but I think one of the teams that was – so one team was kneeling for, for the you know Black Lives Matters, mm-hmm. uh, and they were kneeling during the national anthem before the high school game. It was one of the teams that was doing it. Now, mm-hmm. I will say this. That team has now gone on to win the championships. So that's, that's really good. good for them because what happens is – as they go to kneel, you know, they the, the the anthem is played or whatever. And I guess this guy, this announcer, this announcer at the stadium didn't know that his mic was still on or or what was going on. And um, he said they're kneeling, apparently not realizing that he and the rest of the broadcast team can still be heard. Then he uttered a racial slur and then said, I hope they lose. They're going to kneel like that. Hell no. And. So he goes off Fuck that guy. People are like, are you kidding? This makes the news. People get upset about it for obvious reasons. Um, and so his name was Matt Rowan. I don't know if I said his name. Fuck you, Matt Rowan. Yeah. So you now here's the, here's Come the at me. it gets crazy. You. So not only has he won nonsense week, are you ready for this? He apologized. Cause no, what? Fuck you. No, are you, but here's the, here's the apology. I have to do this. Ready? In his statement, Mr. Rowan, who described himself as a married father of two children who goes to a Baptist church, said he had type 1 diabetes. So I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I have now you can go to whatever church you want. It doesn't excuse that you're a fucking racist dickhead. So this, but here's the best part. Listen to this. this is, <laughs> I have not only embarrassed and disappointed myself, I've embarrassed and disappointed yeah. my family and my friends. He said, during the game, my sugar was spiking. While not excusing my remarks, it is not unusual when my sugar spikes that I become disoriented and often say things that are not appropriate as well as hurtful. This man just blamed his <laughs> diabetes for what he said. This To me, this is the easy winner this week. I mean, the other people, oh my God, funny stuff, but not only for saying what he said, but blaming it on diabetes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Unreal. What a fucking day. So, yeah, my diabetes is the reason that I accidentally spoke what I actually believe out loud because I know I shouldn't be a racist, but I am. And I accidentally let everyone know that I'm a racist because I'm a fucking dickhead. Fuck you, Matt Rowan. You're the worst. He said, I do not believe that I would have made such horrible statements. Yeah, because you would have gotten in trouble. Like, you believe it. You're a dickhead. You're, you're a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, it was actually a women's game. So uh, one of the guys said, this, these uh, young women are tough. They're fighters. Uh, the comments made against them will add fuel to their fire. And like I said, they end up winning their conference. Good. I'm happy for so them. Great story. <laughs> great ending to a 
freaking bananas. Yeah. I mean, when I heard vote, that, vote I, for I, Matt Rowan, nonce of the week. Yeah, easy winner right there. Um, I think we could just go on again. The nominees are yep. Zoran Mamich. He's going to prison for fraud. The Dino Mozagreb manager just automatically fired. AFTV celebrating Son's injury like idiots. Squadron leading a revolt to fire everyone two weeks ago and then scoring an own goal this week. Um, and then Matt Rowan for the racist announcing at a high school game uh, about kneeling and blaming diabetes for it. So <laughs> Matt Rowan, racist dickhead. <laughs> unreal, unreal. All right. So this week we have the rest of the week, 29 matches along mm-hmm. with one week, 18 match. We're going to add it on to last week's scores. The, so fucking confusing. The intern is working on it. I've got some good news along with myself. So we hope that by the end of this spring break or by the next episode, we will have a full update. That is the greatest mm-hmm. news. Okay. Um, I'm so pretty far, sure I'm still in the lead. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> it's looking good for you early going, but we'll see how these later matches have been. Yeah. Uh, so four matches start Friday, Fulham leads. I got Fulham mm-hmm. two, leads one, Maja. I got uh, Fulham one, leads one, uh, Rodrigo. Okay. I like that one. I, like that one. I, I want to see what Fulham can do to stay or to stay up. Brighton Newcastle in another match between some teams that are uh, yeah close. I think it's 15th and 16th here. Or no, 16th and 17th. I'm sorry. Yep. Um, I think Brighton's just a better team. And, and, mm-hmm. and Newcastle's missing St. Maximan, Wilson, everyone. So I got Brighton 2, Newcastle 0, and yeah, Neil Mape. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I was going to say 2-0. Uh, I don't want to pick Mape. Um I can't remember who their other upfront guy is, so I'll just say Pascal Gross. There you go, Pascal Gross. Uh, Sunday's got a couple of good ones, I think. If if you get a chance in between these tournament games, um, <laughs> luckily one of them's in the morning, the other one's midday, so I'll be watching the NCAAs. But in the morning at 10.30, 11.30 Eastern, 10.30 Central, 8.30 Nikhil time, Arsenal-West <laughs> Ham, Arsenal-West Ham at the Olympic Stadium. Um, I'm going to keep trying the strategy I've been doing for Arsenal's matches against Leicester, and I did it against Tottenham. I got 1-1. One, one. You, you know what this strategy is? It'll come back to uh-huh. the game. 1-1, yep. one, one, Aubameyang. I think he'll respond to being benched. This is – oh, yeah. We didn't talk about that. It's true. We didn't. Oh, my God. That was a pretty big story. It was. Um, it was. It was. Yeah, Aubameyang showed up late to a meeting or to training or something, and yeah. uh, I got benched. Yeah. He's a captain. He needs to do better. Right. Just before actually this game, he was late. And then he's oh, done it before the game. Times. Yeah. He, I think he was late to a COVID test this year. So, yeah. Hey, right move. They they still won. Didn't kill him too much. And, and yeah. I think he'll be mad. He'll come <clears throat> fire. They're, they've made up, is what I've heard. He's okay. Still won this game. Um, this is tough. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll say West Ham nil, Arsenal two. Ooh. And I'll say. Um, I'll say Odegaard again. Oh, I like that. I like that. See, I'm doing this on purpose. I'm sacrificing my score for Arsenal. Uh-huh. We'll talk about okay. that. <laughs> Villa Tottenham. I just feel like Villa without Jack Grealish is a completely different team. Yep. They struggled. I got Villa nil, Tottenham one, Harry Kane. I'll say Villa one, Tottenham three, Harry Kane. All right. There we go. We both have the mouth breather who cheats and is a jerk scoring, but hey, that's life. Um, yep. We will now go to... The Gambling Corner. And, uh, well, I, I'll be honest. I don't bet these in real life. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to employ the second part of my strategy here today. 
and that's picking Arsenal. So they're plus odds. I pick them to draw in the in the in the predictions. And the last two times I did that and and gambled on them in the gambling corner at plus odds. They've won. Leicester and Tottenham beating those matches. So I got Arsenal at plus 140, putting five bucks to win $7 flat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I figured to take another plus odds that if we go one and one here, still making a little bit of money. And that's what happened to me last week. Fulham at plus 148, I like against Leeds. It's a, that's a risky one, but I just feel like Leeds, you never know what you're going to get with them. I got $5 to win 740. So I'm hoping that at least one of those hits and I can win a little bit there. Um, I know you've been like me. I to be to be clear, I have not bet in real life on the Premier League in a long. No, time. I'm not touching that shit. Do you have any just uh, fake money picks then? Yes, I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna do a fake money pick mm-hmm. of all ten of my dollars. Oh, for a parlay of the Fulham Leeds draw <laughs> and a Brighton win. What is? So the odds are plus 449 on DraftKings. So it's $10 to win 5494. And let me delete this bet from my DraftKings app before I Don't do that bet. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. No, No, that is a wildly dumb bet. But Fulham leads draw, Brighton win, parlay, all 10 of my dollars. That is bananas. But if you hit, you're back in the game. Exactly. (laughs) All right, well... I know it was a long episode. We've had a couple of short ones, so um, I will let the people enjoy. Next week will be a um, solo shortened episode. I'll go over the four matches that occurred, and I'll see if we get a guest. There are a few that I have in the works. See what happens. Can't promise anything, um, but it could get interesting. Um, And then the panel is back in two weeks. So um, that week of the 31st-ish Um, I can't wait to sit sit on the sideline while uh, Jeff and Steve just snipe at each other. It'll be amazing. two hours. It'll be amazing. So I'll, I'll come up, I'll drop some topics that I think can get some good debate and we'll go at it. We'll, we'll talk about our updated uh, top fours relegations and then any ongoing issues in the game. So I know it's been a long one. Thanks for everyone sticking in. Uh, I don't think we'll break the record for the longest one, but it's going to be close. Hmm. Uh, With that said, Brian, anything you want to say before we head out? I just always sign off with uh, be nice to each other and especially today after the horrible fucking infuriating news coming out of Atlanta with some wild racist fuck murdering um, eight people. I think, I think six of them were Asian uh, women at um, like massage therapy places, like fucking disgusting news. It made me depressed all day. And this whole, like, uh, just be nice to people support, Asian people right now, because I don't know why this has come up. I don't know why there's people all of a sudden being racist to Asian people. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sorry. I, I think there's a different term, a- Asian and um, AAIP, I think, mm-hmm. um, is the correct term. But why? Why are, you, why are people doing this? Like, these entitled white assholes, just get over yourselves. Be nice to people. You claim that this asshole murderer claimed to be a religious dude. Guess what? You're not religious. If you're racist, Yeah. you cannot claim to be religious if you're racist. So fuck all you people be nice to everyone, regardless of who they are. If you have any Asian friends um, or family, I don't know. Uh, make sure they're doing okay. Make sure they're, they feel supported. 
it just make sure everyone in your life feels supported and know that you love them. And uh, that's it. Especially now, be nice to people. I yep. love you all. Absolutely. And with that said, with a, that profound, very good statement from Brian, I will turn it over to someone who leads his Europa League leg 2-0. Uh, <laughs> two, two and if they go on to win, I would love to see them play Arsenal. It would be massive. <laughs> so let's turn it over God. on a funny note. Lastly, to Unai Emery. Good evening, Alexa. Please to play uh, my favorite song. Good evening. 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 